Welcome back to the Cycle 365. This is episode, dang, 26. 26. Recorded on March 23rd, 2020. Um, it's like the second week of quarantine, y'all. So how, how have y'all been doing? It's been like a week. Uh, I haven't been quarantined. I've been driving all over America, but... Alright, so Jesse's <laughs> spreading coronavirus. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be a, back in Greeley. Never yeah, I thought I'd say that, but... uh. Yeah, I kind of got familyed out over quarantine. I love my family dearly, but oof. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good that quarantine is happening, and now we can just all hang out and chill and Yeah, and this... Doom Eternal came out, so <laughs> I'm doing great. Yeah, honestly. there you go. Yeah. So this is actually my last time probably talking with y'all in person, at least for a, for a minute. You know, I packed up all my stuff today, moved out of my dorm for the last time, said goodbye to to the campus. And so it's a really sad day for me, at least. I'm in my feels, but we're going to still bring a great episode. There's a lot to talk about because free agency hit. Um, we got to finish up our years in review so we could start that mock draft pretty soon here. So, yeah. All right, so we got the AFC South. We're going to start at the top, the Houston Texans. Let's start with the trade. Cody. Who are you? What do you mean? You're Simon Oh, <clears throat> hey, they, they know by now. I'm one of your co-hosts, Simon Villanos. I'm Jesse Boone. And I'm Cody Stoffer here with UNC alum Simon Villianos. I mean, at this point, we're all UNC alum because we're all sure. seniors. Yeah. So that's partly why this is sad, too. But anyways. The Texans. AFC South. Let's start with uh, the trade that went down, and then we'll work backwards from there, okay? Um, Cody, you're, like, cringing right now. You go first. Bill O'Brien needs to be fired immediately. <clears throat> We've been talking about this. The Texans aren't going to go anywhere. Yeah. And he put it on display by trading the best receiver in, in the, the NFL, NFL. In the NFL. Right yeah. now. Yeah. No for doubt. nothing. Did I... I was talking to somebody else about this. I don't even think David Johnson will be on the Texans roster by the end of the season. Probably not. By the end of the season? So he's going to play the season, but then not be on it. Or he might get cut before the season's over. I think he'll definitely play. I think he might be on IR. Yeah. That's Well, I just I don't think it's going to pan out. So I believe the trade was DeAndre Hopkins and a fourth-round pick to the Cardinals for David Johnson, a second-round pick, and a fourth-round pick. So what you're saying So they just swapped fourth round picks <coughs> and the yep. Cardinals didn't even have to give up a first round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. Yes. Which, which is, considering the Odell Beckham trade that just happened in NFL history fairly recently last year that the Giants got first round picks for Odell Beckham, but DeAndre the, Hopkins is much better. DeAndre than Hopkins Beckham. is much better than Odell Beckham. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is that the Cardinals robbed the Texans. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, I mean, what do you think about this, Jesse? Well, if I'm Arizona, I'm ecstatic. Yeah, I'm so happy. I mean, like that's the one missing piece. I mean, they ha- they got their running back in Kenyon Drake last yeah. year by trade. Well, the end of this year, I guess. And then Larry Fitzgerald is still there. It's so, like I never thought I'd live to see the day where Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins are on the same team. Like that's terrifying. <laughs> like obviously, yeah. Larry Fitzgerald is old, and he's probably not going to do as much as he has. But that's still too. Probably top 10 receivers of all time on the same team playing at the same time. I never Good thought luck. I'd see Larry Fitzgerald as the second best receiver on an Arizona Cardinals <laughs> roster. You're right. Well, I mean, I think we all kind of... This next uh, season, I think we all assumed they were going to draft a receiver. So, I don't know. Maybe that would have been it. But not like this, at least. No, I don't know well, if they're going to draft a receiver they don't, need a, they don't need a draft receiver. Now anymore. they can address one of their other million needs that like they the have. Like the offensive line. Yeah, which is... They haven't been. But we already talked about them. So but yeah, let's so let's stick. Let's stay in this uh, division. So with the Texans, they did get David Johnson back. 
Um, we're actually here. Sorry. Let's start about. Let's talk about the season, right? So obviously they don't have DeAndre Hopkins anymore. But how would y'all grade this last season for the Houston Texans? Um, we're talking about overall. I mean, they had a good yeah. regular season, but I'm still probably giving like a C because <clears throat> okay. they obviously okay. I think just because of the fact that they gave away the lead they did to Kansas City in the playoffs. Yeah, that was like, winnable. It was an easily winnable game, and I th- I personally think if they win that game, they'd make the Super Bowl. Like I think they beat the yeah. Titans because they've already played the Titans however many times. Yeah, I agree. So I think they beat the Titans, and I think they're in the Super Bowl. I think I'm going to give the Texans a B minus C plus sure. range. Just because they did make the playoffs, the AFC South was competitive this year. Yeah. Because, I mean, the Colts were in the mix until the end of the season. The yeah. Titans ended up being a wild card team. So the South sent two teams, and the Texans won the division. Yes. And they had some quality wins over the year. However, it's it's on par. That's why I say B-, minus because that means, like, average of a Texans team to go to the playoffs. You know, they beat a Bills team that... You know, Deshaun Deshaun Watson beat, beat the Bills yeah. also by himself, wasn't... and the caring for Deshaun Watson is only going to get worse. Yeah. Now with this trade. Yeah, agreed. Because yeah. Will Fuller's inconsistent. <clears throat> well, he's just hurt all the time too, so that's yeah. It's more inconsistent with his health well, than him. That's well, it. he also drops the ball sometimes, like yeah. literally drops the ball. Okay. Well, yeah. we'll talk about moving forward in just a second. Let's finish up the Texans. review. The Texans review. Um, you guys have anything else for that? I'm pretty sure it's just disappointing because they traded DeAndre Hopkins, but I mean they still got a playoff win, so it wasn't like they're one and done, right? They were winning. They should beat the Chiefs. They just blew a lead in Kansas City. I mean, I don't know what you, it's they not, won it's the not Super the worst Bowl lead to blow. Yeah, yeah. I think the only you reason, lost to the champs. Yeah. Well, the only reason I gave him a C for that is because I would say yes, Kansas City won the game. But really, the reason Kansas City got back into it is because the Texans just self-destructed. Yeah. Fumbling on everything, turn the ball mm. over, like... Bad defense. Just, yeah, just execute, and that game is probably won. Uh, yeah, I agree. But, I mean, they were, I'd say they were up at one point, so I, yeah, it's, it's pretty close, I'd say, to me, you know? And they were the champs. It's not like they lost to a team that didn't even get into the Super Bowl, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, so, 24 points is just a lot. Yeah. So that that's on them, though, but... I would have felt better about them if they kept that same team and then added some people, but I don't. And I feel like that kind of affects how I view this last season because it kind of just feels like they wasted their window now. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll give them a B, but let's let's talk about this actual uh, roster and their off-season moves. Yeah, moving forward, yeah. All right. Yeah. So, can, I just, I mean, can I start with a question? Go for it, yeah. After DeAndre Hopkins over, who is the number one receiver? Because <clears throat> we just said it's not Will Fuller. Is it Kenny Stills? I don't think Kenny no. Stills is a one. But that's who it is right now, I would say. I think they need to draft somebody. They have yeah, to. Yeah, I think that they have. I mean, there's no choice. Yeah. yeah. They don't even have a good tight end either. and They don't even have a first-round pick, right? No, they... Because they traded for Laramie Tunsil, didn't they? Oh, they did. never mind. Yes, they do not have a first-round pick. Yeah. It's bad in Houston right now. It's they bad. are in draft pick hell right uh, now. I think they have... Wait, no, because they, they gave a... They got a second round pick, so they have two second round picks. So I mean, so they could trade up if they want. Yeah, but it'll be like the late first, at best. But a guy like I mean, a guy like Lavisca Chenault could be there in the late second round, mm-hmm. or a guy like T Higgins, Jalen Ragor. Yeah, that's well. Good. I was thinking of trying to refill the. I mean, obviously you're not going to fill the spot of no. DeAndre Hopkins. But I'm trying to see that bigger body receiver that would fill that spot for them. Sure, a guy like Lavisca Chenault will be there. 
T. Higgins will be there. Justin Chenault, Jefferson. Chenault might be yeah. there even in the third Sec- day. Yeah, like second third round. round. I mean, yeah, yeah. But I think, I think that's a guy that's just a target if they want to fill that. Try. Yeah, try to fill that void. Okay. Uh, I don't feel good about Bill O'Brien being the GM. I just. I don't know, man. Like, there are some moves that I kind of like. Like, I like the Laramie Tunzel trade. That was good. But then after that, I don't think he should have traded DeAndre Hopkins. And there are some weird rumors going around about, you know, basically Bill O'Brien calling DeAndre Hopkins the next Aaron Hernandez and saying he doesn't like his baby mama hanging around and all these other people. And I don't like that because then that gets real personal. And I don't, DeAndre Hopkins doesn't come across as the type to be a troublemaker. At all. So, I've barely guy. heard him speak. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. In his multiple years in the league. I don't even know what his voice sounds like, if I'm being completely honest with you no, guys. Me neither. Yeah. He seems like a real good real good dude. Yeah, so it's obviously just personal beef. So I'm kinda just like and then you know, coaching that's we already knew he wasn't a great coach, so there's that. But the fact that he's kinda hurting this Texans team isn't isn't good. Because I could definitely see them restarting in a year or two, and trading Deshaun Watson somewhere else because I can't see him like liking Houston for a while. I, I ironically, I saw some Deshaun Watson to the Patriots uh, rumors, but I don't think that's gonna happen. I mean, Deshaun Watson even uh, <clears throat> I I feel like his frustration wasn't directly felt, but he did send a tweet that you know he doesn't know who's gonna be on his team from one year to the next, and yeah, stability as a quarterback is so important, especially come contract negotiation time. How much is Deshaun Watson going to want to stay in Houston? And is he going to want to stay in no, Houston? No, he will not. He'll, he'll go somewhere else when he gets the opportunity. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking so, too. Yeah, I mean, he is almost a free agent next year, so we'll see what happens. Well, no, they have the fifth-year option. Yeah, they have the fifth-year option. So they could so two years. So yeah. two more years. Yeah. And I think the Bill O'Brien, not maybe not the Texans organization, but Bill O'Brien's definitely one to hold him hostage a little bit there, too. Yeah. Do you guys... So, have any other thoughts on the Texans? Because I, I have a transition. I think, yeah, I got one more thing. I think because... Go for it. Just to move forward, offseason moves. I think their defense is pretty good. They re-signed Bradley Roby. That was a big move. Still have J.J. Watt, obviously. I think most of their defense is still intact, which is good. They had a good defense. Um, their offensive line is ready. Quarterback is obviously good. We addressed the wide receiver. But I just want to address running back real fast because, like we said, they did get David Johnson returned. But I I think we all can agree that he's not the, the long-term goal there. Like, it's he's t- not... Yeah, I don't think he's the guy. It depends how... uh, I mean, it's all on his body at this point because he just hasn't been healthy. When he hasn't been healthy, he's played pretty well. Like, he had flashes this last season, but then he kind of got transitioned out when he got hurt and, like, all this other stuff happened. So he's not super far off from being a really good player. I think it's just, you know, like, can he hold up, you know? Mm -hmm. Can he be consistent and whatnot? And if he is, then I think he's good. I mean, I don't think he's a DeAndre Hopkins type. You know, but like he's when he's healthy, he's a solid top fifteen running back, mm-hmm. I'd say. Um, and then I mean, not to mention we'll just bring him into the full for a second. They also have Duke Johnson still on the roster as well. So, yes. I mean, so you could take some carries yeah. off of Johnson too. So Johnson so. and Johnson, dude. Yeah. But anyways, go ahead, could. So the Texans, I feel like talking about the rest of the AFC South, they got worse, and every other team. Got better except for the Jaguars. Yeah, I don't know. The Jags are in rebuild mode again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And <laughs> they have so many question marks. They got rid of Nick Foles' contract yep. by That's trading fine. him to Chicago. Yep. So they have a bit more cap room. Sure. They traded away AJ Boye to the Broncos for like 
nothing. Yeah. You don't have Jalen Ramsey, but they have the first-round pick from the Rams. It's true. Yeah. So they're in rebuild mode again. They have a new coach, I believe, right? It's no longer Doug Marone. No. I'm pretty sure it's still Doug I think Marone. it's still him. Oh. Yeah. But anyways, while you look so. that up, we'll talk. Guess how many you want to start this time? What do you, what do you, wait, who are we talking about now? The Jacksonville. Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Who, um, what would you give their past season here? Probably an F. <laughs> I thought they could have done way better. I just. I mean, I don't know. Nick I think Foles, Nick Foles did get hurt. Brooks Cogman. Yeah, but Gardner Minshew stepped in. I think it was a mistake to throw Nick Foles back out there when everyone kind of bought into Minshew mania. Yeah. So I didn't really like that. And then the whole Jalen Ramsey thing I felt like was mishandled. And sure, they still got, like, they didn't get robbed by anybody. You know, that's a fact. They got, they got what they needed to get out of uh, Jalen Ramsey. But I think they could have kept him and kept that good defense and... I honestly thought they had a solid defense, you know. It's just, I don't know, maybe if it was coaching or motivation or it felt like it was something mental in Jacksonville. And then the offense wasn't bad. Leonard Fournette had a really good bounce back year, in my opinion, even though he still missed like five games. He still put up better stats than he did the last two years, which is interesting. So I'm looking for him to, you know, keep keep it going. I, I think he's still a pretty good running back for them, and he could do a lot for them moving forward. And, yeah, I don't know. I just, I'd give them an F. I felt like they could have done way better. And this AFC South division looked weak at times throughout the year. And I thought they could have taken advantage of more opportunities. What's your grade for Jacksonville? I'm not going to go as harsh because I still think they did some, some decent things this year. They were 6-10, and 10, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to give them, like, a C. Okay. A C mainly because... I do think they did what they needed to do, getting rid of Jalen Ramsey and AJ Bouye. Yeah. To be competitive in the next few years, they have they have a quarterback in Gardner Minshew. I think he's the one that needs to start there. Yes. They have a running back. And they have a good receiving core. So I mean, like, they have everything on offense they need. Their defense is still pretty, pretty good. I think they need to bring in. Um, we'll get into it in a second. I think they need to bring another defensive lineman because they did trade away Kalias Campbell. Yep. To the Ravens. So yes. they need to bring in another defensive lineman, which I think they can address in the draft because they do have the ninth pick. Well, they also have Tavon Bryan in the wings, don't they? They do. Yep. And he had a solid season, I thought, mm-hmm. when he had playing time. And he's going to have way more now. Yeah, so I do yeah. think that I do think that I'm going to give him a C because while they did, I would say we talked about overwhelming underwhelming. I think they underwhelmed, obviously, for all of us with what mm-hmm. they had. But I think that they are in a spot, out of all these rebuilding teams we've talked about over the last couple weeks, or the last couple episodes, I think they're in the best spot right now as a rebuilding team to be competitive sooner rather than later. Sure. I could see it happening. I mean, it depends on how Gardner Minshew develops. Because he's an interesting guy to me. Like, I felt like he had a pretty exciting year. Like, if you look back at Justice highlights, like, he looks, like, amazing. And then if you watch the whole game, you'll see, like, he had his ups and downs and... Part of it was because the Jags' offensive line wasn't really doing him any favors anyways. So, like, there would be times where he'd be way more paranoid than he needed to be. Or, you know, maybe the clock just didn't go off in his head in time or whatever. And he'd hold on to the ball for too long. So, I I, I like them. You know, they have a quarterback. I think they have a good running back in Leonard Fournette who's slowly, like, like living up to the hype. You know, like, slowly but quietly doing that. They have solid receivers. DJ Chark had a really good year. Um, defense, you know, they don't have a secondary, but they still have a pretty solid front seven. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't know. I, I, I kind of like him. Minshew had 21 touchdowns to six picks. Yeah. No, he he's getting that. I would give him the to give him the benefit of the doubt. He is a rookie. I, he's obviously there are a few rookies that played this year, but I think he was probably one of the better rookies. Like he didn't win rookie year. Obviously, we know Kyler Murray won that, and Kyler Murray is going to have a much better career than obviously. Gardner Minshew at, at this point with DeAndre yeah. Hopkins. Yeah. But I'm going to say is like Gardner Minshew. I'm going to give him the pass on the stuff that like you said, like mental clock not going off and stuff like that. Like he mm-hmm. still is a rookie, very young. Like yeah. he wasn't supposed to start. He was just thrown yeah. in the fire, and he did pretty well for that. I think. And it wasn't like he was the best rookie quarterback or like a highly touted guy too out of college. He was kind of just there, like, you know, like, like I think most people expected him to be a pretty good backup, and maybe that's all he is, a pretty good backup to an average starter, but I think the Jaguars can win with a guy like uh, with like Minshew, you know, because he's a really good leader too, so that shouldn't be discredited at all. And they just got to build that team around him. They got to rebuild this defense because they don't really have a secondary anymore. That was destroyed. I think their offense will be fine if they could – continue to build that offensive line and uh yeah we'll see and then i don't really have too many like concerns about management or coaching if i'm being no, honest right. what is your grade Come i'm gonna give them a d plus just like okay. what they need to do in the offseason by building up the defense like simon said yeah and you know we talked about all the trades that they did they didn't outside of jalen ramsey they don't have a lot of draft capital for the talent that they had like no. before, a lot of it was salary dumps. I feel like yeah. so they're probably they're reloading for the draft this year and then for free agency next year probably where we'll see a resurgence in kind of like the Jaguars offseason we saw a few years ago where they were just signing big defensive name after big defensive name. Yes, and isn't JDV on Clowney still available right now? Yes, he is. So with all this cap room that they just opened up. I could see the Jaguars picking up a guy like JDV on Clowney, which would that. be a great move for them. Yeah. I do have some concerns about the coaching staff. Doug Marone has, like, never been a super successful coach. No. And I just I don't think he's the answer. With as much talent as this team had, they definitely underwhelmed entirely. He was losing players. His coaching staff upset Jalen Ramsey. And Jalen Ramsey could have been a Jaguar for life, honestly. Yeah, he should have been. Let's be honest. He, he should, he should have been a Jaguar been, yeah. for life. And I think that's a direct reflection of the management. And the, and I feel like this whole Jalen Ramsey situation exposed the Jaguars for being a poorly managed team. And I feel like it starts at the top because yeah. the ownership of the Jaguars has never been super open about his plans. And, you know, the Jaguars have been talked about being moved to even London. They're one of the few teams that's talk about making that move. Yeah. And they play international games, I feel like, every year. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, I think they may even play two every year almost. They do play two every year now. So, and they probably fill up the stadium more than Jacksonville. Yeah. So, I feel like the ownership needs to set, like, a goal in mind for what they want to do with this team, and then the rest will follow. So, I feel like ownership is the biggest reflection as to why this Jaguars team has failed to be consistent during its entire existence. It's like, I mean, it's only like, what, a 30-year, maybe even only 25 years old. So Yeah, it's young. It's, yeah. a, young, it's a young team as far as like in NFL history. Oh, yeah. And I feel like they need to find an identity, and that starts at the top. I, but talent-wise, they're pretty good on offense. Oh, yeah, yeah. I agree. They did get rid of Tom Coughlin, who... 
I heard it was being more of a problem than, than helping them out. Like, he'd do weird things, like set all the clocks in the facilities for 10 minutes or something like that to make sure everyone was 10 minutes early to everything. And he'd, like, find players for not going to, like, voluntary, like, practices and whatnot. It was kind of a mess, and nobody really liked him. He kind of just had some big boomer energy that nobody liked. <laughs> And, the, I mean, I'm just being honest, like, these players are all pretty young. They're all under the age of, I'm pretty sure, 28, 29. This is a really young really team. Is. So it's not like they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to come to, you know, we're going to have a mini heart attack every time we show up to the facility because all the clocks are 10 minutes forward and maybe he might fine us for not being there on time. And so all of that's gone, you know. So it will be interesting to see how this, um, honestly, just work environment is for this Jaguars team, you know, because I think it's a little bit more chilled out. Like, there's not not this, like, looming threat of Tom Coughlin potentially, like, throwing you out or getting mad at you and taking it from your salary and threatening you. Like, you know, none of that. So I think it will be a much more positive environment. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I agree that the Jaguars need to find an identity. And... I'll just be real. I don't know if that identity is uh, in Jacksonville right now. Okay. I think it might help them to move to London. Maybe. That Maybe has to make it international. Obviously yeah. not right now with coronavirus. But. No, no, no. no. <laughs> well, eventually, because yeah. he did buy Wembley's, right? He bought Wembley Stadium. Yeah. Um, he upped it to two games a year. So, mm-hmm. like, and this, this was a couple years ago where it happened. So, like, London fans are pretty much used to seeing the Jacksonville Jaguars there play whatever other scrub team shows up, you know. And to my knowledge, it'll be interesting. This is probably a stat we should look up. But I'm pretty sure the Jaguars have won most of the games they've played in London. Maybe. And so that could go a long All way. Right. Anything else on that? Uh, I was gonna what say, are we thinking yeah, about adding, draft? Adding, yeah. I was yeah, going to yeah, say, let's on. each, each give one person they think that they should add to this team, either okay. through the rest of free agency or the draft. Okay. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Sign Jadavion Clowney. Okay. I feel like they clip the there is room for Jadavion Clowney on this team. And Jadavion <coughs> Clowney could immediately step into even a leadership position with how young this defense is. And he'd be absolutely explosive. He'd get to play next to Tavin Bryan, so he wouldn't yeah. be alone, you know, as far as like making a pass rush happen by himself, and he'd give the Jaguars an identity again. Yeah. Because it was Jalen Ramsey and now he's gone. And now the no one knows who the Jacksonville defense is. And I feel like signing Clowney is the move to make. For sure. Oh, uh, just as a side note, they did lose uh, Telvin Smith, their middle linebacker, like midseason. He just, I, I have no idea what's up with him. He had some personal issues. So he's retired on the injury list. He he's said he was taking a year off. I don't All think right. he's going to come back after taking yeah, a year off. Yeah, because I heard there's some legal troubles there. and. More ways than one. So I, I don't know. But he, so he, he, the middle linebacker's out there too. So they now more than ever, they don't really have a leader. And I like that too. I mean, that's not my player, but uh, I, I like that move because then that means Jadavion Clowney gets to play Bill Bryan two times a year too. <laughs> so the guy who traded him away. Yeah. So, yeah, go for All it. All right. I'm going to say another defensive lineman, but I'm going to go with someone other than Jadavion Clowney because – I think just looking at the other side of what Cody said, I think Jaden Conley might be too expensive for them right now. Yeah. Um, and he may not be the best fit with Ngakwe. They franchised him. Yes. I don't know. We'll see. So I'm going to go with a guy who, get, who could be the identity 
of this team, who's much younger and coming out of the draft, I'm going to go with Derek Brown. Ooh, I think the I defensive tackle from Auburn, Derek Brown, would fit in that defense really well, and I think he could bring that identity because coming from Auburn, he was no one knew about him, and then all of a sudden he just destroyed everybody this last year. Yeah, and everyone knows who he is, and so like he could be that guy that brings the, the identity. So I'm going to go Derek Brown. Okay, I actually like that. I'll go with somebody in the draft too. Uh, kind of a lesser known player, but if you follow college football, you know who he is, Antoine Winfield Jr. I love this player, personally. I really hope the Steelers draft him. I don't know if they will, but he's somebody who's been rising. He ran a, he had a really good com- combine or pro day. I don't know, whichever one he did. But he definitely ran a 4-4, though. Um, he's a little smaller, but he reminds me a lot of Tyron Matthew in a lot of ways. He gave uh, Minnesota an identity, which was a college team that was like, you know, they're not really known for football, but this last year they had a resurgence, and it was partly because of him. He had, like, almost eight interceptions, and, you know, he was just a monster all over the field. I mean, he's a smaller guy, but he'd still stop the run. He played really good coverage, too, whether zone or man. And I think this is somebody – I don't want them to take him with the first-round pick because they could, they could get somebody else. But I think this is somebody that they could definitely take in the second to mid-round picks that they have. And they'll get a good one, a good one back there, you know, to anchor that secondary, which isn't really working with a lot right now. But I think Antoine Winfield Jr. is someone who's very underrated. You know, first off, he's talented, so there you go. The only thing is, he played for Minnesota. That's why nobody really like knows about him outside of his name, obviously, because he's the son of former uh, Pro Bowler Antoine Winfield. And you know, that's the name Antoine Winfield Jr. Jr. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I think he's. I think he's, like, how should I say this? He's helped form identities with teams that haven't had one before. And he was a good leader for Minnesota. At least that's what I've heard. So I kind of like him going to the Jaguars as well. Maybe they get Jadavion Clowney, because there is a scenario where this could all happen. They get Jadavion Clowney, get uh, Derek Brown in the first round, hopefully, and then sign <laughs> Antoine Winfield Jr. And yeah, then there you go. That's your that's defense. Big time. Yeah. I think they'd be competing for the AFC South. I agree 100%. Yes, depending on Minshew, obviously. Yep. But I do want to say one more thing before I move on. Just more of a shout-out because there's a guy from my high school that I was, I wouldn't say best friends with, but friends in, in my class. But Andrew Wingard is going to play, He depending upon what happens with Antoine Winfield Jr. here, yeah. he may be the starting strong safety in Jacksonville. So, well, Winfield could move to yeah, either safety. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I think I think that's one guy you should look at. I've I've known him for all my life, <laughs> so I mean, like he is that flies under the radar guy, and all of a sudden he bursts onto the scene and he's a monster. So, all right, Andrew Wingard could be the starter there. Yes, sir. All right, but he's definitely not an identity guy. So, <laughs> no. Interesting. So, looking at the other two teams in the AFC South, yes, which team got better? in free agency, the Titans or the Colts. And then we'll talk about whichever team didn't get better. I personally think okay, I personally think the Colts got better and the Titans just stayed, stayed the same way they were. They just re-signed their players basically. I mean that keeping yeah. players is free agency yeah. moves too. Well yeah, but I'm just saying like if we're talking about getting better by adding different people, I think the Colts did and I think the Titans got good got better too, but just by retaining the players they had. Yeah. I think Let's let's talk about the Colts because yeah. I kind of there's some big news with that. Let's let's start with this last season. Um, I mean, we all know what happened. Andrew Luck retired in the preseason. That was a shock. That was bad. Uh, so that I mean that all you know, 
I hope we all hope him the best, right? You know, he he has a really gruesome injury history if you look through it. And he hasn't really played in the NFL for a while, so kind of saw that coming, kind of didn't, you know. And uh, Jacoby Brissett took over. So what are what what do we think about Jacoby Brissett? You know, this last season and then the whole Colts season in general. I feel like Jacoby Brissett showed that he's a slightly below league average starter, if not average. Sure. And definitely a great backup. Um, he he just doesn't have the arm to stretch the field. And I feel like that's what was missing from this Colts attack. Yeah. It had some of the same problems, but I feel like the defense for the first time in my lifetime was kind of where the Colts got their wins from a lot of the time. Yeah. But Jacoby played good. I think that the move for Phillip Rivers makes them a contender, though. And because they also, like you just said, they built on... That, you said that defense was good this year. They built on it by getting DeForest Buckner. You're like, yeah, I think they... I personally think the AFC South is going to be really fun to watch this next year. Like, It's yeah. going to be very competitive. For sure. But anyways. No, I agree. Yeah, I think... I, okay, so I think Jacoby Brissett has the arm power. I just don't think he's very accurate, which is... I mean, I don't know. There's not a lot you could do about that. You could tweak your mechanics all you want, but if you're just not accurate, you're not accurate. So that's just how it is sometimes. And I think he's an average starter. You know, there was definitely a moment in the season where we all kind of saw the Colts go into the playoffs. And the last half, they kind of just fizzled out. And, yeah, I don't know. I think the Colts are in a good spot. Or they were. I, I wouldn't call this last season a disappointment. This is about where I expected them yeah, to be. Yeah, I think it's an average season. I was going to rate them at like a B. Yeah, I'll give them a B. I'll give them a B as well. Yeah, because it's. I mean, you can't do much about Andrew Luck leaving. I feel like they even so, exceeded expectations for what I had. Yeah, they, they were competing, yeah. and Frank. Um, Reich. Say, Reich, you say it like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. He's. I think he proved that he's a good coach by being able to adapt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the fly. Yeah, that's great to think about. I'm sure we talked about it in a previous podcast, but like. The Colts, for what they the hand they were dealt of getting blindsided by your franchise quarterback, leaving a week before the season starts, like yeah, what are you gonna do with that? Like I think for what they got, what they did with that, they're gonna win. They did great. Seven or eight games. Yeah, I think they did great with having Jacoby Brissett there, and I just think, yeah, like that's just not a fair place to put your team in. I mean, like I said, we probably talked about that earlier. Yeah. Um, but like it's just not a fair thing. But I think they did do well for what what they were dealt. Yeah, no, I 100% agree, to be honest. They they had some good, uh, you know, some nice steals in this last draft, too. They drafted that one Ohio State wide receiver whose name I am Paris Campbell. Mm-hmm. And he had a pretty good season when he was healthy. T.Y. Hilton in spurts, obviously, when he was healthy, he looked solid. Uh, they did lose Eric Eber on their tight end. And there's some controversy there, like... The doctors cleared him at week 11, and then he kind of just said, like, well, we're not going to make the playoffs. And I think he was really listening to his body and just saying he didn't feel ready to go out there, which is fine because he's 26 about to hit free agency. There's no reason to risk your body if you're not going to make the playoffs anyways. And he left. He actually went to my Steelers, actually. And that might be a little bit of something to look out for because they don't really have a big-bodied receiver right now. Unless you consider Jack Doyle or the other one. Oh, my God. No, wait. It's just Jack Doyle. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Who has As, an injury history himself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still going to so be honest, though. Nothing is Steelers. I think sure. I would rather have Jack Doyle 
than Eric Ebron. So, uh, okay. I feel like at the peak of their powers, Eric Ebron is way better. Oh well, yeah, but you have to use Eric Ebron. He's not a blocking tight end, and we all no. know. That. Yeah, he's not. He's a Jimmy Graham, you know, Antonio Gates type. You know, he's not really going to block anybody, but he'll body somebody in I the mean, end zone. I mean, having both would be nice, wouldn't it, Indianapolis? <laughs> yeah. Well, but. That's all right. Not too bad. Marlon Mack didn't have a bad season. The offensive line took another step forward, mm-hmm. you know. And Darius Leonard is an all-pro pass rusher. Yeah. yeah, and we know that. He was hurt a little bit this season, so his stats aren't as good as last year. But yeah. he was still pretty good. You know, Malik Hooker, he finally kind of broke out a little bit too after like two years. <laughs> still got hurt, but he's, he's out there. So... Let's talk about the free agency moves while we're at it with the Colts. They signed Phillip Rivers. Big How many more wins do you think they'll get with Phillip Rivers? Two or three? I want to say at least three, yeah. Which is enough in the AFC South. But yeah. I mean, they won seven games. Yeah. Nine and seven or ten and six in the AFC South is playoffs. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, probably actually. You're right. And, you know, Phillip Rivers, he doesn't... He His arm strength isn't what it used to be. No. But he's... He's a quarterback who's used to winning. I mean, not these past couple years, but... <laughs> In his longevity of his career, yes. It, he's a winning I mean, quarterback. Yeah. He's, he's a borderline Hall of Fame guy, mm-hmm. and I feel like, you know, this is the... This is exactly what the Colts... I didn't realize that this is what the Colts needed to do, but it's what they needed to do. I think yeah. it's what the Colts and Phil Rivers needed to do. I think it's good for both of them. I think it's a perfect, perfect fit. Yep, so they only have Phillip Rivers for one year. Uh, they signed him to a one-year contract. So it's not like they're committing to him long-term or anything like that. But I do think he makes them better. He's a veteran guy. He is a borderline Hall of Famer, in my opinion. If he, and I could see it happening. If they do go to the Super Bowl, I would probably give him that Hall of Fame spot. Me too. Yeah, if he, if he went to the Super Bowl this yeah. year. He doesn't have to win it because I don't think he will. But if he gets there, I'll, I'd give it to him. If he won, he would... No doubt be a Hall of Famer, but if he gets there, I'd still be on the fence. Really? Okay. I mean, I'd, I'd give it to him eventually, not like, you know, <laughs> like right away, but like, yeah, you know, like 50 years from now, I'll be like, yeah, how about that Philip Rivers guy? Let's let's throw him a bone and get him in there. Uh, oh, yeah, as a senior. Yeah. They have like the senior candidate. Yeah, I could see him yeah, being Because I don't think he's going to get in right away. Oh, no. He's not a first I mean, guy. he's not even no. the best quarterback from that draft class. So. Yeah. No, no. He's no. not even the second best quarterback from that draft yeah. class. No, not at all. But. The Super Bowl would help him out a lot, though. I could see him making it into the Hall of Fame way, way in the soon. future. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other, the other move they made, they traded for DeForest Buckner. Yes, like we great talked trade. about, Cody did say that their defense was good, and you just talked touched on it with their uh, with Leonard and Willie Cooker. But now they added, possibly one of the reasons that the San Francisco 49ers made it to the Super Bowl. So like, yeah. They had DeForest Buckner, which is huge. I think it was they what they traded the first round pick. I think I don't think they traded it completely no. away. They just traded down. No, it's it's next year's first round pick. I thought. No, it's this, it's this year's. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. never mind. Sorry, it is. So this they traded this year's yeah. first round pick, um, which I think is worth it. I think, I think as we talk about getting Philip Rivers, this is a win now team. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the move you need to make. DeForest Buckner. I think it was a great move. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think moving forward. An acquisition at the time. <clears throat> now they don't have a first round pick. You're gonna have to target some receivers that are a little bit low in the draft. So like, I would like to see them draft a guy like Jalen Rager um, from TCU. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some sleepers. Yeah, there's some sleepers. Like, I'm trying to remember his name. I don't remember his name. It's something Golden, Golden from Liberty. 
Oh, he, I know he went. He went. About. He went off in the in the the combine. He had a really good year. Yeah. Um, playing, so I think he could be a sleeper that they could look for. For sure. But I, th- I think they need yeah. a receiver. No, I agree. I think there are some quality receivers still. I'm kind of looking at Michigan and those two receivers that they had over there. Too bad they don't have a quarter. They didn't have a quarterback the whole time they're there, but. I'm looking at Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's someone who is really good for them. He's been a starter since, I mean, since he first walked on. Not walked on, but like, you know, came to the university, yeah. Um, He was a true freshman starting along with this other guy, Nico Collins. They were both true freshmen starting, played through years. I'm pretty sure, I I know Donovan Peoples-Jones hit 1,000 yards two of those three seasons. Nico Collins, maybe not as much because, you know, Shea Patterson isn't, isn't that guy. But those are two guys that I think they realistically they could both sign, and I like both of them because they're both kind of bigger. I want to say Peoples Jones is six one six two, and then Nico Collins is around that same height too, as well. And you know the weight's at solid two ten two twenty. I I like where you guys are going with receiver. I think they need to address that, and I feel like honestly, sure. if they can get anything for T Y Hilton, it might be time to move on from T Y. Yeah, just because he's not healthy and he's not. He's older. Yeah, he's older, so he's just not the same guy anymore. But I think that the Colts should address cornerback. They let go of Pierre Desir yeah. this past free agency. And I feel like they could get a guy like uh, – who's that guy from Notre Dame? Um, Julian Love. No, wait. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Um, I just spaced on his name. Uh, Troy Pride. They get him or a Bryce Hall. Yeah. In, in in the second round, who could be a day one starter, honestly, even in the second round. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the Colts need to do. I think they just need to build on the strength that they have on defense and, you know, get one of those sleeper receivers. wide receivers, and they could be a Super Bowl contender. Sure. Yeah. So what, what do the Colts do with Jacoby Brissett now? That's the big question that I feel like nobody's talking about. I let him sit behind Phillip Rivers for a year. Yeah? You yeah. wouldn't trade him at all? Nope. or? I mean, I mean, he's on a two-year. He has two more years left. Yeah, like you so. said, Philip Rivers is old. He's pretty frail. Like if he breaks, if he gets hit a lot, he's gonna break pretty easily. Yeah, which I don't have a, have think a that's good guy. Happen. I know I don't think he's gonna happen. But just to have that insurance behind him, where a guy that has started for you one year and like knows the, the offense, knows the teammates, like I think having Jacoby Brissett behind him would be a very beneficial thing. I don't think it's trade. I feel like having Jacoby Brissett even learn under Philip Rivers would be a good thing because I feel like Brissett's problem is that he holds on to the ball. For a really long time, yeah. Philip Rivers has always been pretty. Gunslinger. Yeah, he he gets rid of the ball quick. The only issue that I see with holding on to Jacoby Brissett is nobody's asked him how he feels about this move. Because I feel yeah. like Jacoby Brissett probably thought he was the guy in Indianapolis, and I haven't heard from him ever since the Colts made this signing. I mean, you know, that's kind of what sure. you're expected to do. But if Jacoby wants out, that's probably how I could see this boiling down, and then you know you trade him to. A team that needs a quarterback. Yeah, I think I kind of agree. Back to the Patriots. No, I don't think they would do that. (laughs) That'd be so sad. But I think, yeah, it would probably make sense keeping him. I mean, because looking back at it, Phillip Rivers is only on a one-year deal. And Jacoby Brissett, he actually renegotiated his own contract and just got paid a lot. You know, so like, I mean, I don't know. It's not a bad thing to be like, all right, well, I could wait a year and learn more. You know, have more time to look back at my mistakes from this last year and get better while still getting paid like a good $15 million to, you know, to do that and then have a chance to compete 
the next year after that, you know, because they might bring back Phillip Rivers. They might let him go. They might sign him. Like, I think he shouldn't panic yet because it's right now it's like Phillip Rivers is a short-term Band-Aid right now. Mm-hmm. I, that might be how he sees it. So, yeah. Fair enough. Did y'all have any, anything else to add? That does it for my Colts talk. Yeah, I'm good for the Colts. All right, dope. Let's talk about the last team, but definitely not the least because they made it farther in the playoffs than anybody else in this division, the Tennessee Titans. Let's talk about the season they had. So they benched Marcus Mariota. Mariota? Mariota? Whatever. They benched him. And I, I'll i be honest, I didn't... I feel like Marcus Mariota could have done a lot of what Tannehill did because if you look back at Mariota's development and how he plays, he always starts the season really slow. There hasn't been a season where he kind of like just was really hot right at the beginning. He just starts with some. You know, a couple years ago when they beat the Kansas City Chiefs in that crazy wild card game in Kansas City where uh, Mariota threw that touchdown to himself, he took a while to get, you know, to get going in that season, but near the end there he was going. And so I feel like, and it wasn't like he played bad defenses. He played the Broncos defense. He played the Bills defense. And then he played the Texans defense. So, like, you can't really expect... And then he beat the Browns. And so you can't really expect him to, like, be lights out or crazy good if, you know, the people around him aren't going to outplay the defense, uh, you know, opposing. But he did get benched. Ryan Tannehill comes in. They rely on Derrick Henry a lot, ironically. Tannehill still has some good games. They make it to the playoffs. Upset a couple of teams, make it far just to lose to the Chiefs, just like the Texans. So how would we grade the Tennessee Titans' uh, regular season? A. Yeah, I'm going to give them I'm going to give them yeah. overachieved for sure. Okay. As a Broncos fan, I'm going to say <clears throat> you're welcome to the Tennessee Titans because they wouldn't have made it to the AFC Championship if we didn't absolutely obliterate Mariota for an entire game. Yep. Yeah. Tannehill still came in that game, but it wasn't like he was about to win it. That was the, that was the turning of the page, though. Yeah, yeah. For for this Tennessee team, that's right. They gave us they gave us some collateral back. They gave us Jarrell Casey, so uh-huh. they, they realized it. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely a salary cap move too. Oh well, yeah. But they got Vic Beasley, so I feel like they're doing it's just great, fine. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah. All right. So a you two just yeah I said a I think they did, they yeah overperform. I mean, if you make if you are a team that's not projected to do anything throughout the year and then make it to the AS championship, I think you. <coughs> Did pretty good. And they competed a lot better than the Texans did. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. They had a pretty good defense. Um, the emergence of their star young receiver in A.J. Brown, he had an excellent rookie year, mm-hmm. especially at the end there. You know, he was it, honestly it, near the end of the year, it was like he made a big play every game, like a 50 plus yard touchdown catch or taking end arounds for a touchdown. He did that at least twice. And like, he was, he was on top of it. You know, A.J. Brown, he. He emerged as that guy in Tennessee, something that we were all kind of hoping Corey Davis would do, but he didn't quite do yet, hasn't quite done yet. Maybe there's still hope. It's not like he had a terrible season either, but yeah. And then uh, Derrick Henry, he had an MVP caliber year. What do we think about him? I mean, they franchise tagged him. That's what you should do. I mean, yeah. I, and I give their, and I mean, Derrick Henry, he was the identity of the Titans, and we saw that's how the Chiefs beat the Titans is, I mean... They didn't beat him bad, you know, but Derrick Henry was held to, like, less than four yards per carry through that game, which is amazing for a team to do that to Derrick Henry. And we saw other teams try and fail. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Derrick Henry was definitely the most impressive player, but I feel like Tannehill could have, like, a renaissance kind of 
turn around in his career. Oh. <laughs> Cody just saw the LA Rams new logo. logo. It's so bad. It's a, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, yeah, no, I agree. Did you have anything else to add on to? No, I think, yeah, I mean, like I said, that's, that's it. I think, I think they did good. Adoree yeah. Jackson. Yeah. Had a solid season. Had a great year. Yeah. Logan Ryan. Mm-hmm. Well, with, he's not on the team anymore. Oh. Well, reflecting. Oh, yeah. Logan sorry. Ryan ended Tom Brady's <coughs> tenure in New England. Ah, uh, yeah. That was crazy. Well, we'll get to Logan Ryan in a little bit. But, yeah, you're right. That was crazy. So, let's, uh, all right, well, let's start talking about moves to get better. So, they did get Tannehill. I mean, we all agree he's like the franchise quarterback of this team, right? has to be. For the money and the years they gave him, he has to be. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they got him on a pretty decent deal, mm-hmm. honestly. It could have been worse. It. Oh, Tannehill could have been... Dak. Yeah, he could have been <laughs> Dak about it. But, yeah. no, I feel like Tannehill understands his role, and that's why he took the contract that he did. And he took that contract... For, okay, here's the thing. I've, I'm really impressed by Ryan Tannehill, obviously over the regular season and postseason, but especially now in the offseason... Because he got his deal done knowing that the Titans needed to franchise tag Derrick Henry. Because mm-hmm. if they had to use the franchise tag on Ryan Tannehill, they would have lost Derrick Henry. And I feel like Tannehill knows that the team isn't successful without Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he he did the right thing. And I feel like the Titans are honestly the favorites for the AFC South right now. Even with Phillip Rivers in the division. Yeah. I... I want to say so, too. I just, I, I don't know. I'm not super sure because I don't know how much more wear and tear Derrick Henry could uh, take. Like, I'm sure they'll lean on him for another three or four years. But after that, it's looking a little like, uh, I don't know if you want to keep handing him the ball almost 20 to 30 times a game. Because that's just, that's never a good move, right? But, yeah. yeah I, I mean, I think Cody was just saying more of like going to next year, I think. No, yeah, I know. The Titans are the... The yeah. to win next year. But you know, it's never it's never too early to start looking at them. Maybe load managing Derrick Henry a little bit more. Maybe get another running back to like, you know, just just have a backup so you're not like losing your entire offense if you lose Derrick Henry. Yeah, the Deion yeah. Lewis experiment no. has failed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> move on from him. And so he's. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's out of there. So all right, well, let's talk about this offseason then. Their moves. Uh, first off, they traded Jarrell Casey. I mean, he was 30. He was a cap hit. You know, traded him to the Broncos. Got something back. It's not the worst deal ever, right? I think they'll be they, fine. They gave, they gave him to the Broncos for free. It was a seventh-round pick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you'll, they'll take that because that was kind of a lot of dead money that was sitting there. Almost $10-something million dollars a year for two more years. Probably. Yeah, and so that would have been tough to handle, you know, but... Broncos are getting a good player. Tennessee yeah. gets rid of money so they could re-sign Derrick Henry to a real deal. Because that's... Let's, he's, let's be real. Like, he has a franchise tag, but realistically, he's not going to sign that franchise tag again next year. Oh, he's probably going to be the highest paid running back in the league. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit because there's... Because the running back market back is broken right now. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon. Anyways. Um, so, yeah. Let's... So, Jarrell Casey's gone. I mean, did y'all really have anything else to add to that? He's gone, so... Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think the Titans will be fine. It's yeah. not the biggest hit. There, there's defensive linemen in this draft. Not sure. that's going to have the same impact as Jarrell Casey, 
But there's some plug-and-play guys. They also got Vic Beasley, which definitely makes it a bit easier. Yeah, he's a good edge rusher. So, and they got him on a pretty decent deal, too. Like, the Titans have been very smart this offseason. Yes, I'd say so. What, yeah. what do you guys think that the Titans need to do the rest of this offseason? Low-key, I might. Logan Ryan is still on the market, and he's not getting looks. And I'd kind of like to bring him back on a cheap deal. You know, that. for, that's that's just the first thing that comes to mind. Like, get him back on a cheap deal, you know. Just, it doesn't help. Hurt having a solid corner back there with a Dory Jackson and uh, is it Kevin Bird or hold up Byard Byard sorry yeah Kevin Byard though right yeah he's a beast yeah yeah he's a well, top I was just making sure five safety in the right. NFL maybe top three yeah yeah so you know I think getting Logan Ryan uh, a vet back in there is good um, but if they can't do that then drafting. To build on that defense might be the move, to yep. be honest. I'd have to agree with that. I think that's, that's all I got for them. Yeah, so corners mostly. In my, At least in my opinion, it's corners. Maybe if Derek Brown drops or another, like Javon Kinlaw's there, maybe pick him up. And I think that wouldn't be bad, actually, if they got Kinlaw, because that would make sense. I mean, I so. want them to get Jadavian Kinlaw, but he won't be there. Javon, wait. Javon, Jadavian. Yeah. Okay. Jesse, what do, what do, what do the Titans need to do? What's I think a defensive line would be good. Okay. Um, in the draft or free agency or either one really. Okay. I mean, I could see obviously probably too expensive, but let's just uh, tickle the strings real fast. Sure, let's do it. What's Jaden Clowney signed there? I don't probably think they have the money. Not. That's why I said obviously too expensive. I'm just saying, like, what if what if that happened? It'd probably be a cheaper, maybe not super cheap, but like a shorter deal too. So like, it will key be more of a rental than anything at that point. I don't think Jerry Devion is the move for this team. No, I'm just saying that, that if, if you want to make a splash on defensive line, there it is. Sure, yeah. I mean, it'd be a good move if they could. I, I mean, I don't know. If I was Jadavion Clowney, I'd probably get paid more to go to Jacksonville and be that guy there though, yeah. you know, and... I mean, not that Tennessee can't compete with Jadavion Clowney. It's just, I mean, you know, they drafted Harold Landry last year, and they have some outside linebackers waiting in the wings that are young, and they kind of drafted in the first round who they want to, you know, kick the tires on, see see what they got after a couple years of them, you know, sitting for the most part. I feel like they believe in their young defensive players too. Yes. They've drafted, the, the thing that's made the Titans so good is that they've drafted really well these yeah. past few years. Well, let's be honest, they took Derrick Henry in what, the second round? They did. Yeah. He shouldn't have. He should be a first-round guy. Yeah. But, yeah. And then A.J. Brown and all these other guys. At this point, it's just giving them, like, giving these young guys, you know, time to develop. They gave Adoree Jackson time to develop because he kind of took a while, if I'm being honest, to, like, (laughs) get to where he is right now. So that's good. A.J. Brown, you know, he obviously developed super quickly. He's that guy right now. But we need him to keep getting better. Corey Davis is somebody who's a little bit concerning to me. I mean, honestly, I feel like Corey Davis might be better suited in the wide receiver two role. I mean, yeah, I agree. I feel like he could take a step forward as a wide receiver two. Yeah. Sucks they took him the first round, though, but what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. it's, it happens. So, yeah. And then tight ends. Um, I think that might be a spot that they could look at. They need to look at tight ends, yeah, because yeah. Delaney Walker's gone. So. Yeah. And is Johnny Smith still there, or is he like, I don't know. I think he might be on his way out or something like that. But, yeah, tight end might be uh, – I, I wouldn't be mad if they drafted a tight end. And there are some really good tight ends in this uh, draft class. 
unusually like good, you know. I think a Thaddeus Moss out of LSU would be an excellent fit here, actually. So yeah. All right. So did y'all have anything else to add or? Nope. I'm good for the uh, I, South. I do. Go for it. As far as offseason moves, you talked about um, getting Derrick Henry insurance. Yes. So I don't know the name. But that running back out of Florida in like a later round. Uh, Pirine. Yeah, Pirine. Yeah, he yeah. might be a really good pickup in like, I think they could probably get him in like the fourth round, maybe the, or the third round. And just sure. a guy that, you know, could take the a little bit of weight off Derrick Henry's shoulders, who could run the same plays that they do with Derrick Henry to not change the offense. I think that the Titans should also sign a guy like Matt Moore or a backup quarterback yeah. as Tannehill Insurance, another guy that can hand the ball off and uh, do Not play action cool. passes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I agree. So I think they just need to address depth. Yeah, and that that's going to be important too. You know, that's going to be really important because you know I think a lot of these guys have gone through a lot of wear and tears. So yeah, that'll be good. It, I wouldn't mind them adding offensive linemen, uh, adding on to the running back if we're going to talk about that. Oh, or adding on to that running back group, I think adding an A.J. Dillon from Boston College would be great, too. He's kind of the same type of guy as uh, Derrick Henry. Not as tall, but still 240 pounds. So, uh, yeah. Boy. Yeah, he's a big one. Yeah, And he moves pretty fast, too. So, yeah. But, all right, so let's uh, predict this next year. Uh, obviously, free agency happened, but we'll get to that in the next segment or um, whatever later in this podcast. So, let's let's predict. Who is going to be the divisional winner? Titans are going to win the AFC South. Yep. The Colts are going to make the wild card. The Texans are going to miss the playoffs, and the Jags are, you know, they're rebuilding. They're the Jags. Yeah. They're the Jags. I agree. I don't think the Texans are going to make it. No. It might be a little bit. They might go A and A at best, but. If they make the playoffs, it's because Deshaun Watson is the MVP of the NFL. There you go. Yeah, That's exactly right. It would take a lot for that to happen, though. <laughs> He's gonna have to put up thirty-five points a week. So good luck, Deshaun. Sure. Get out of there. <laughs> Get out of Houston. I'm gonna agree. I think yeah. I think Tennessee goes first. The Colts are second and make the playoffs. Houston, Jackson. Okay, great. So we're all agreeing. This is like the second podcast in a row we've agreed on standings. But I think this division was pretty obvious, though. So. Yeah. The next one. NFC South is going to be a mess. One of the most exciting divisions, especially with free agency. We're going to talk about what happened before that, though. So, okay, we'll try to contain our excitement. The NFC South. Welcome back to the cycle 365. This is episode 26. We're going to continue. We're going to finish, actually, our NFL 2019-2020 season year in review. Ending with the AFC. NF, oh, my gosh. Ending with the NFC South. Honestly, looking into the future, one of the more exciting divisions in NFL football or football in general. So we're going to start with the divisional winner like usual. We have the New Orleans Saints. Uh, so... Not, I mean, I think it's the season we all expected out of the Saints, right? How would we grade this last season for uh, New Orleans? B minus disappointment. Oh, they did lose the Minnesota Vikings in the playoffs at home. Yeah, so 
I mean, I was happy because I'm a Vikings fan, but... Oh. Now, it wasn't even... Oh. They should have lost. Or they should have won. They should, the New Orleans Saints should have beat them. They should have won, and they don't have anyone to blame this time. Yeah. Just themselves. They just... just themselves. They, they didn't play a great game all the way through. They started really slow, and that killed them, to be honest, because this was a winnable game. I'd, I would say just... <coughs> A B still. I mean, the minus, I understand, the B minus comes from the loss at home in the playoffs. Yeah. That's where the minus comes from. Um, and I can agree with that. I think, obviously, we expected them to win this division and be a contender. I think I personally had them probably going all the way to the Super Bowl. I did, too. But, um, yeah, so that's probably where the minus comes from. I'd agree. B minus. I mean, it was a disappointment. I feel like the biggest reflection I have is... I feel like the biggest difference between this New Orleans Saints team and previous ones is Mark Ingram not being there showed as the season went on, Alvin Kamara isn't built to be a three-down back. Like, he's certainly a premier running back in the league. Sure. He still catches credit. He still played well, but he plays better when there's another running back who can run the ball on first down between the tackles. Because he's definitely a boomer bust kind of guy. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think Latavius Murray still did an okay job. I mean, like, he's not Mark Ingram, obviously, because you've seen what Mark Ingram did with the Ravens. But I thought he went in there and he was good. I, I don't think it was probably their biggest issue, I'd say, because they did lose Marshawn Lattimore for a little bit of the season, didn't they? I At least I thought so, to injury. And so... I mean, I don't know. Still, though, this was a team that should have went to the Super Bowl. Let's be real. Yeah. I'll give them a B because it was a little bit disappointing. But their window isn't completely closed yet. Nope. You know? And let's let's talk about that because they did have Teddy Bridgewater, ironically, come in and start a couple games when Drew Brees uh, suffered that. Was it a thumb or a finger injury yeah, against the Rams? Yeah, it was something like that. And Bridgewater did really well. Obviously, he didn't do a lot. Like, it was a lot of checkdowns and letting Michael Thomas, who, by the way, had a NFL record-setting year. And he did okay, you know. And this Saints team showed that they could win without Drew Brees. I'll buy it. Like, you know, they're probably not a contender, but they could scrape by with some games. You know, that's just how this team's built. Sean Payton's a good coach. And it showed a lot, I think. You know, like, it showed that this team is well-built. They're not super reliant on Alvin Kamara or Drew Brees or, uh, I guess, their defense at times. You know, it's as well-balanced as you could hope for, you know. And to me, that showed a lot. So I'm going to give them that pass. I wish they went to the Super Bowl because Sean Payton would have been the coach of the year for me, but that didn't happen. So, yeah. Let's talk about their quarterbacks then. Drew Brees. How much time does he have left? One or two think, years. Okay. This under to a two-year deal, right? Yeah, pretty sure. I, I think it so. wasn't a one-year deal. No, I think so. I think it's under two two deal. But I do think if they won the Super Bowl this year, he retires. So that's yes. why I'm going to give him the one or two years. He just wants another ring. Yeah. And one more ring is what it takes for Drew Brees to be on my quarterback, Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I think. Moving forward, yes. All right, we're ta- I know we're talking about quarterbacks, but I'm just going to jump ahead a little bit real fast. Sure. Just back to your point of the window's not closed yet. The window's not closed at all. No. And I think, if anything, it opened up even more. I mean, they added Emmanuel Sanders. So now they have two number one receivers in Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Yep. So good luck trying to cover anybody. That's um, true. <laughs> especially with Drew Brees throwing the ball. So, I mean, like, their window is still definitely there. Um, and I think, yes, I think Drew Brees has one to two years. I think two years 
I think in two years he can get a Super Bowl. But I think if it's this year, I think he's done. Okay. Yeah, I... Drew Brees hasn't really regressed a lot. A lot of people predicted that him and... That him, not the Saints, but he would regress a lot this uh, next season, this last season, sorry. And he honestly didn't. At this point, I'd probably take Drew Brees right now over Tom Brady right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because Tom Brady didn't really, I don't know, his arm doesn't look as good and his accuracy isn't as good because his arm isn't as powerful anymore. But Drew Brees is still there, has great mechanics, all that stuff. On Drew Brees' record sighting night, he looked invincible. Yes, I would agree. And watch that. We did. Yeah. I would agree. So, where do the Panthers, or sorry, the Panthers, where do the Saints go now that Teddy Bridgewater has left? Let's transition into offseason talk, you know. Uh, free agency just happened this last week, and there are a lot of moves. So, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, some people thought he would re-sign with the Saints, you know, and then be uh, his Drew Brees' successor, but that didn't happen. And so... They are going to re-sign Taysom Hill, which is an interesting move. They put a first-round tender on him, which basically means if any other team wants to sign him, then they would have to give up a first-round pick to the Saints, which is, that's not going to happen. (laughs) They wanted him. They wanted him back. That's what it says. Yeah, and so I think that's very interesting. But if Drew Brees was to go down, how uh, confident are y'all in Taysom Hill? I mean, he can hand the ball off, can't he? I think sure. I, I think I give him a little more than you guys are saying. I think, I definitely think. I mean, he may not be the strongest thrower, but he, like you said, he doesn't need to throw the ball. But what he lacks in throwing, he will make up for with his legs. Because when you throw him in there, now you add this extra, extra added thing of him running the ball that Drew Brees doesn't have. Like yeah, at least it keeps the defense thinking. Yeah, he still has his. Let's. He has a strong arm, yeah. but his accuracy is in there. That's why his arm isn't strong in quotation marks. With so, Sean Payton at head coach Taysom Hill can work at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Sure. I don't think he's the long term solution. No. At I don't think he's a franchise quarterback, but okay. I think we could see him in a role like Teddy Bridgewater, where he's not asked to do more than he has to. Plus. Like Jesse said, the Saints signed Emmanuel Sanders, so they have guys that can run after the catch. So yeah. you you could get away with hitch routes, slant routes, screens to Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, or Kamara with True. swing routes and screen routes and be just fine. Plus, they still have Jared Cook yeah. at tight end. Mm-hmm. So you have a bunch of guys that can you know catch the ball and be okay with it. Yeah, I agree. I think yeah, I think. Keeping Tyson Hill was the right move at quarterback for the Saints. Okay, uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know how how much I trust Teddy Bridgewater just because of his uh, health uh, history, you know. But I like Taysom Hill. Not that his health history looks any better. If you look at his college health history, it's terrible. But so far in the pros, it's been good. Granted, he hasn't been used as much as you know normal football players, normal <laughs> quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, just in general. But I wouldn't hate it. I think he could probably do the same thing Teddy Bridgewater did. I'd agree. You know, in that span of games that he played in while Drew Brees was out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, Taysom know. Hill could beat the Cowboys. Yeah. Sure, yeah. I think, wait, didn't he beat the Rams too? Teddy Bridgewater, I mean. I don't think they No, just that. kidding. No, they, they didn't win that game. That was when Drew Brees... Okay, yeah, yeah. They almost beat the Seahawks, though. That... I'm sorry, that was the game I was thinking of. But they didn't. Anyways... All right, so that's uh, that's interesting. Let's talk about Emmanuel Sanders then. Left the 49ers for the New Orleans Saints. He signed a two-year contract, I'm pretty sure. 
So it's kind of set to expire the same time Breeze's contract expires. What do we think about the move? We talked about it a little bit, but let's dive into it. I did hear he turned down a much bigger offer from a team that was not a contender. They did not disclose who it was. Yeah. But he turned down a much bigger offer to go and play for the Saints as a contending team. So that's diving into a little more. I mean, I think... I think if you want to win a Super Bowl, this is the place to go. So, yep. Emmanuel Sanders has a quarterback that won't overthrow him with the game on the line now. Yep, that is true. Probably not, unless Taysom Hill's in there. But, yeah, you're right. I, I like it. I think Emmanuel Sanders is that guy who could run more of those short to, to intermediate routes, and then you could push Michael Thomas to go deeper, which he can. You know, go deeper as in, like, you know, 15 to 20-yard routes. You know, you know, bigger plays, right? You don't want to limit yourself with all this dink and dunk stuff. They're going to feed off of each other, I think, similar to the way that Emmanuel and Demarius Thomas fed yeah. off of each other in Denver a few years ago. I yeah. agree. I think, I think it's a great pairing. I really do. Oh, yeah. And Sanders, you know, he had a really good bounce back year, and I'm expecting a better year this year. Maybe not a whole ton better, but still better. You know, and he's going to be a valuable part of the Saints offense, I feel. Mm-hmm. All right. I agree. Yeah. Biggest concern is cornerback behind yeah. Marshawn Lattimore. Because yeah. Eli Apple wasn't the answer, and Janoris Jenkins isn't the yeah. answer either. Yeah. Both of those guys are gone, Yeah, by the way. so I mean, yeah, because uh, Eli Apple was trash, and Janoris Jenkins is... Also trash. <laughs> also trash. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I just think the whole secondary, defensive secondary needs to be addressed outside of Marshawn Lattimore. Because I know Von Bell is also gone. I was about to say um, that, yeah. So I think they need to just readdress the defensive, back, defensive backfield. I'm just saying defense in general. Like I think they need to. I mean, they still have Cam Jordan, obviously, so that's great. Yeah. But just I think any if they add any piece in the first round on defense, I think it helps them. I think I, uh, I think a Kenneth Murray, yeah, a linebacker, would yeah. be a great move. Or that safety out of LSU. I don't know why I'm blanking. Delpit. Delpit keeping keeping some Louisiana talent in state would be phenomenal for this defense. The yeah. Saints have a first round pick, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 I think they could def- there's definitely a scenario, this is my dream scenario, where they take Grant Delpit in the first round, and then they take uh, the other LSU corner, Christian Fulton, in, in the second. Because he's, I mean, his draft stock's not doing great right now. But, both, yeah. yeah, and I think that'd be great. You know, you keep both those guys in Louisiana, the crowd would love it. You know, they'd go wild for all that. And they're both really good players. You know, Christian Fulton doesn't have to be a number one guy. He could sit behind Marshawn Lattimore. Which is perfect for him. Yeah, and then Grant Delpit, he's a very underrated guy, I feel. I think he's just been falling because other guys' stocks have been rising. So it's not like his stock is actually falling. So Well, I feel like a lot of analysts have been pointing out, like, the bad plays that Grant Delpit had. And yeah. that's been playing more than his highlights. Like, at least from what I've seen. And just, like... I feel like a lot of people forget just how explosive Delpit is when he does get the ball in his hands. Yeah. And his close, his ability to close distance is pretty good. Very. It's NFL level. So. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm still going to say, I, if I'm a GM, I'm not worried about Grant Delpit. If, no. if he's there on the board for the Saints, I'm taking him. Like, yeah, and Delpit's getting beat by guys in the SEC, so these are really good, like... You know, pro style like football players, like Jerry Judy. Yeah, it's not a bad thing to get burnt by Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy because everyone else definitely is too. So it's like yeah. you know, like what what else could you do? Those are two first round wide receivers oh, no, on the same those, team. Both those wide receivers on the same team like with a first round quarterback. Yeah, they're gonna both be in the top fifteen draft picks. Like yeah, they're two top, and I think moving forward, two of the top NFL receivers in history. 
Oh, yeah. And when it came down to it, Grant Delpit still played really good in the playoffs. Weathers versus, uh, uh, sorry, C.D. Lamb. Yeah, that, that mine was oh, <laughs> C.D. Lamb. And then that whole, I'm just Oklahoma offense in general. It was a good offense. And then Jalen Hurts, obviously, he was in there. And then after that going on and then playing against, you know, the likes of T. Higgins, Trevor Lawrence, that whole group. You know, so it's he's been tested. And not like the regular season wasn't like he's been tested over and over again and like you can't expect a kid to be perfect like that but I think he would be perfect with the Saints and a lot of people are projecting him to go there yep. so yep. Be great pick. Yeah. is there any other Saints moves that I'm missing I feel like I might be I don't think so blanking on one well no. I mean we talked about Teddy Bridgewater Drew Brees offensive line receivers tight ends yeah I think defense I think okay yeah alright so, so, do you want to move on to now the counterpart we just said, like you said earlier? You gotta take a Drew Brees and a Tom Brady. Should we move on to Tom Brady and the uh, Tampa, Tampa Bay Bucks. Buccaneers. Yeah, this is an interesting one. They were third in the NFC South, by the way. Oh, well, here That's we can fine. still talk so, about them. Yeah, let's we'll just go, go, we'll go had, back to the other team. They had the yeah. same. They had the same record. So I just yeah, 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 yeah. I think it came Sorry. down to a tiebreaker. Yeah. So let's, like you said, let's talk about the regular season. James Winston went thirty for thirty, <laughs> bringing a whole new meaning to that phrase. Uh, of course, that means 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. That doesn't count all his fumbles he lost, too, because he lost a lot. So let's not act like he's a good quarterback. But Bruce Arians, in his first season with the Bucks, didn't do as bad as I thought they would. I mean, I guess they did about as good as I thought they would, to be honest. Yeah. So. I mean, they have a solid defense. Yeah. Their um, defense played way brought, better. And they brought most of their guys back, so I think the defense will be fine. Yes, but, um, I agree. Yeah, so, I think I'm gonna say go we give a B, B to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'll give him a. You go on. B minus because Jameis Winston gets the minus. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't want to give them the same grade as the Saints because they definitely didn't do that. I'll give them a C. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Cody? I'll give them a C plus. Sure. They did a little bit better than I thought they were going to do. They had a revelation in Chris Godwin. And Finally. Yeah. now they have arguably the best wide receiver tandem in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I mean they have good tight ends too between Cameron Brate and OJ yeah. Howard. Yeah, their receiving core is lit. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're definitely a force to reckon with. Yeah, extremely young. Those two receivers. Let's talk about those two receivers. So Mike Evans, we know what to expect from him. He's an All Pro, Pro Bowler, all that stuff. Chris Godwin, this was a breakout year in his second year. I want to say it really started in that L.A. Rams game where he just went ballistic in that first half. The week after I traded him in fantasy? Just just went out there. (laughs) Yeah. Rare L. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, oh my gosh, it was, okay, speaking of fantasy, it was real frustrating having Mike Evans because you know he's good for a good 10 points at least, right, between catches, touchdown, all that stuff. But then every now and then Chris Godwin would just have a monster game where he'd go off for like, 200 receiving yards, like three touchdowns, and then that obviously takes away from everyone else on the offense. But if we're talking actual football, Chris Godwin is a really good second receiver, possibly a first, uh, you know, a receiver one type of guy. I see a lot of AB and Juju comparisons. Not not in the same, like, obvious, like, you know, playing style, but just, like, talent-wise, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, Mike Evans' catch radius is insane. Probably... Only smaller than DeAndre Hopkins in the league, and maybe Julio Jones. 
Yeah. As far as if you throw a ball in the general vicinity of where he is, he's going to catch it. And that's why James Winston threw 30 touchdowns. Yeah. Is because you had Mike Evans, who just wins jump balls, and Chris Godwin running after the catch. Yeah. So I'd even say his catch radius is a little bit better than Hopkins just because he's, I'm pretty sure he's 6'5, and DeAndre Hopkins is only 6'2, 6'3. Yeah. Only. But well, Hopkins' wingspan is pretty ridiculous. But yeah. it's you know, close. He's, Go he's good. And I feel like, though, you know, the Buccaneers' defense, I feel like they did really well given how many times they had to go onto a short field. Yeah. And how long they had to be on the field. Yeah, yeah. I liked uh, Shaq Barrett a lot. He was <laughs> yeah. a great pickup. About to give uh, give Cody a knife in the heart here about Shaq Barrett. Reflecting on the on the season, Shaq Shaquille Barrett was the leading sack sack guy in, in the NFL this year. Yeah, defensive MVP for the Bucks. Yeah, Cody is now walloping in his self pity because he used to play for the Broncos, and we don't know why the Broncos got rid of him. But anyways, I have a signed ornament. From Shaq Barrett, and I met him at Safeway one time. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. He was he was the lead, the NFL sack leader this last year, so that's just a re- uh, reflection. But. Yeah, eighteen sacks. Yeah, it's insane. a lot. It's a lot of sacks, yeah. especially from a linebacker position. Oh yeah, like when you look at when you get up into the eighteen to twenty range, you're usually looking at DNs um, mostly in the NFL. So to have yeah. from an outside linebacker. And he but wasn't they, on the line every time, too. He'd be coming from the second level sometimes, yeah, too. Yeah, that's very true, because they do run a 3-4 defense over there. I think this is worth noting, coached by a former Jets head coach, Todd Bowles, who is obviously a better d- defensive coordinator than head coach, which is fine. Oh, he overachieved with that defense. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's a lot of credit to go to Todd Bowles there, because he's, he's somebody that, you know, with the Jets, like they weren't as good and all that stuff, but as a DC, he's, I mean, it's rare that you find good defensive coordinators mm-hmm. you know like Wade Phillips is obviously one but after that it's like eh, I don't know but Todd Bowles did a really good job I'm gonna give credit where it's due you know Shaq Barrett was obviously there JPP uh, yeah. a couple of the corners were there as well but yeah I I like this Burn Bucks team Hargraves yeah he had a good year didn't they have another corner that they drafted this last year or am I just I don't remember oh whatever but but yeah. let's uh, let's go into the offseason moves, starting with quarterback. So Jameis Winston is probably out. He already said goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but he said like, goodbye. Jameis Winston is out. Yeah. He's out. Yeah. It, Bruce Arians famously said, if we could win with this guy, as in talk about Jameis Winston, then we could win with anybody. <laughs> and that was a pretty big shot because it was pretty straight up. And Bruce Arians isn't really that guy to be like, oh, rah, rah. And he's, uh, he's a pretty raw rock coach. Yeah, but, you know, we know who he is. He's a quarterback whisperer, right? You know, he coached great quarterbacks over the years. If he's giving up on Jameis Winston, then you know that he's no good. <laughs> yeah. So he's out. But they, tell us, yeah, Simon, tell us who is in. in. Tom Brady. Ooh, he was Tom the Brady. one who forced Jameis Winston out ultimately because, you know, it was still on the board. Yeah. But, yeah, Tom Brady uh, signed with the Bucks officially last week. Ironically, the same date that Peyton Manning signed with the Broncos years ago, which is an interesting move because it broke that, you know, he wanted to go to the Bucks, and then two days later he... It, it was a publicity stunt, if I'm being honest. But anyways, he's with the Bucks. How do we feel about Tom Brady to the Bucks? Because I know there are a lot of concerns that he's not a downfield passer and he needs guys who could, like, you know, take the ball to the house if he throws it short and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, there's some concerns there for sure. 
and he's not a, he's not who he used to be. Like um, this isn't Peyton Manning, you know, before the Broncos there that you're getting. You're getting probably Peyton Manning after two or three years with the Broncos. Mm-hmm. If I'm he's, being honest, he's smarter than Jameis Winston, <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yeah, and I feel like that's and and Bruce Arians is used to working with quarterbacks on the downslope of their career. I mean, he took Carson sure. Palmer to an NFC Championship. Yeah, and yeah. he's cre- Bruce Arians is one of the best offensive play callers I think in the last 10, 15, 20 years yeah. of the NFL. I feel like him and Tom Brady could They'll take this Bucks team to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. Obviously, I think this is just the missing piece that the Bucks were looking for. Obviously, Jameis Winston is an interesting talent. He's erratic, sure. But I think this is the one thing they were missing. I mean, I think, like you said, he needs that guy, that checkdown guy that can run the catch, and he has that in Chris Godwin. He has sure. the guy in in. He has a safety blanket in Mike Evans. He has two good tight ends that um, that can relieve some pressure from him. Sure. And I will also say, while I do think we'll get into this when we go into our what they need a little more, I think they need another running back. But they do have Ronald Jones there, and he's a guy that can catch out of the backfield like a Sony Michelle that he had in New England or stuff like that. Like I think, I think he has the pieces there to be just fine. Yep. Uh, Ronald Jones didn't have a bad rookie year. No, I think he's going to be very good. I don't think he's, I don't think he's the workhorse that no, we talk about. No. I think they need to draft a guy like you go for a guy like Jonathan Taylor. If you if you couple Jonathan Taylor with uh, John Taylor with Ronald Jones, I think that's a deadly backfield. Yeah, and I mean Jonathan Taylor will probably take over that backfield eventually, anyways. Yeah. So yeah, but that's that's I think um, another news they they re-signed JPP. Franchise tag yeah. Shaquille Barrett. So the defense is pretty much still intact. They have Devin White in his... Oh, yeah. That's who I was forgetting. Second year? Yes, mm-hmm. second year. Had a good rookie season. Yeah, he did. He was amongst the top in tackles for that team. Yeah. I feel like something else that they could do, while the, you know, talking about a running back that could catch out of the backfield who's been with Brady before, is they could get Deion Lewis, honestly. Because yeah. Deion Lewis didn't work in Tennessee, but, you know... People who go back to Brady often do really well, and I feel like, you know, they already have a chemistry between the two of them as far as, like, you know, Brady calling or telling running backs to change their route as the play's happening. We could see more of that with Deion Lewis in the fold. Okay. Like an under-the-radar, cheap, easy signing. It's a softball, honestly, that the Buccaneers could sign. Lewis Kick the tires on Deion Lewis. See where he's at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But okay. I could see another guy like I don't. I don't. I haven't looked at their contracts because they're kind of lower guys. But a guy like Nakeem Hines from Indianapolis. He's he's with them for he's at least th- one more. Okay. Year. And then who's the other guy they had besides Marlon Mack? They had one more. Um, oh, I can't Hines. Um, you know who I'm talking about. I know who you're talking about because they going through a pretty big rotation at running back. Or a guy like Jordan Wilkins, I think he could be a guy that you could see. I, like I said, I don't know if their contracts, what they look like, but go out and make a trade for a guy like that, I think that can be beneficial as well. They could also probably do a low-end trade, like a sixth-round pick for Royce Freeman in Denver, just because he's going to be phased out of the backfield. Now that Melvin Gordon's there, we'll talk about in a second. But, yeah, I think those are some guys you can look at. Um, I think one other guy I will mention, well, what I think they need to do in the first round of the draft, because they still have a higher draft pick, they need to take a defensive lineman. I have a guy like Javon Kinlaw going here. I think this would be a great fit for them. They already have Vita Bay, couple them with another good yeah. D-tackle. There you go. I mean, you set. basically have, like, one guy that could do, like, run 
Mm-hmm. And then one guy they could do like pass rush. Yeah, combine them, and they'll both get better at both. Is there? They still have their first round pick, right? Yep. Is there a scenario where they take a quarterback in the first round? Because let's let's just keep it real. Tom Brady only has two years on this contract. Okay. Well, the people his contract's the- fully guaranteed, isn't it? Yeah. So they're not going to cut him. Okay. So, but they still have him for two years. Though. Yeah, I'm gonna say there are there are two quarterbacks that could possibly go there. It's at the 14th pick. I had, I had, Justin Herbert going right before them in one of my mock drafts to, to the Colts who are above him, but the Colts don't need him anymore. So no. a guy like Justin Herbert could be there or Jordan Love. Those are the two that are there. I don't. I have. I no can see the Bucks management getting Jordan Love. <laughs> yeah, but. If you're the those Bucks, are two, those oh, are the two quarterbacks. Okay, all right, fair enough. If you're the Bucks, is there a scenario where you trade your first and second round pick to move up and try to grab a Tua Tagovailoa? Because they can. This team is pretty well rounded as it is right now, and I mean, I don't know. Is we, is there a scenario where that could happen? Here's the scenario. Here's my opinion on that. We see teams that trade lots of draft picks, and rarely does it work. In, the we Rams. Can, we look at the Rams right now who are in draft pick hell and can't fix the holes that are just increasing as the days go on. We can look at the Texans who've dug themselves into a hole and they don't have draft picks to help this team round out. We can look at the Bears who don't have any first-round picks. I mean, yeah. I mean and, and Khalil Mack. It's just yeah. it's not a good idea to trade multiple picks. Sure. To move up, rarely, rarely does it work out. I mean, the only example I can think of is Patrick Mahomes yeah. for the Chiefs. Well, see, that's what I was thinking because I see a lot of kind of the same scenario. Obviously, Alex Smith wasn't Tom Brady and vice versa. <laughs> but <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! You know, I do see a scenario where Bruce Arians is like, "All right, well, Tom, I love you and all that, but I'm gonna trade up to get to him." And we all know. I mean, obviously, right now nobody could go see these players and do evaluations on them because of. Um, well, I can't say Corona because of COVID-19. So I could see a scenario where they trade up for Tua and be like, hey, we're going to take this guy. You know, if Tom doesn't work out, which eh, you never know, yeah. then we have a guy waiting in there. Here's my counter to that. Bruce Arians, I don't think he's going to be around for a super long time. Okay. I mean, he already unretired to come coach this Bucks team. And I feel like he unretired partially because the quarterback free agency class was going to be wild. Yeah. So I could see Bruce Arians and Tom Brady leaving Tampa Bay at the same time. You're right. Oh. Get, get that get that Super Bowl dub and retire together. Okay. Definitely see that too. All right. We'll keep that in mind. I mean, there's still a scenario where they could draft Jalen Hurts in the second anyways. Yeah. So. Oh, my God. Or they could honestly get him in the third and, oh, my <laughs> God. I don't know if the Steelers are going to let him drop to the third if he's there. I just want anybody. The Raiders have uh, – John Gruden really <laughs> likes Jalen Hurts, and if he goes to the Raiders, I'm going to have to cry. Okay. But here's the thing: is if, you, if Jalen Hurts goes to the Raiders, we'll talk about we can talk about it later. Yeah. More like in detail in the French or in the French. But like, what are you gonna do at quarterback there with the quarterback carousel of Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota, and Jalen Hurts? Yeah. The Raiders are a defunct enough see. organization to do some. Sh- like, what are you gonna do there? Do some. Sh- I don't know, man. But <laughs> all right, uh, did we have anything else to add to this? No, I think Tim Bay's looking pretty a bright future a yes. short future that is because they have two years to get it done that's win the now. window win now team yeah their window's two years which is you know I who else I think is a win now team who in the NFC South the Falcons the Atlanta Falcons interesting let's talk about them then <laughs> last season uh, pretty disappointing I think 
they kind of expected Devontae Freeman to come back and be way better than what he was. And that that kind of killed them because they didn't really have a running game after that. Like, they had to do some weird running back rotation, and then that, that, that kind of, like, killed their pass game because then you just drop everybody and, yeah. So, not as great of a season. I still – they're giving Dan Quinn another chance one more year, which I think is I think fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. Dan Quinn's a good coach. Yeah, yeah, he brought them to the Super Bowl just a couple years ago. So, let's not act like he's a scrub, mm-hmm. right? You know, and he's shown he could win too as uh, shown with the Seahawks, by the way. So, disappointing season. What's uh, your grade? My grade for them would probably be a, a C-. minus. I just... And that's more on Devontae Freeman than anybody. Really? <laughs> like, yeah, because he so, kind of just killed the vibe. You could also put a little bit of it season. on Matt Ryan. I mean, Matt Ryan's not a decent year, sure. average year, but he didn't do anything spectacular. Matt Ryan excels when he has a run game, though. Yeah. Because then he could throw the ball down the field to Julio Jones. And yeah. they have a great receiving core Calvin with Ridley. Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. Yeah, they had Austin Hooper, who had a good year, too. He, he's, he is now a Cleveland Brown, but... That we'll stinks. Get to that. Yeah, but they <laughs> overpaid for him anyways. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, yeah, like I said, Devontae Freeman killed the vibe for a whole season. They were also so banged up on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Did like, have Deion Jones. Wait. Yeah, Deion Jones. Yeah, he was out for basically mm-hmm. the whole year, and he's yeah. the lifeblood of that defense. They had some injuries to their safeties. Keanu Neal wasn't there either. Vic Beasley was inconsistent. Yeah. They... They got hit pretty hard, which is why I'm going to give them a C, because, yeah. you know, I wouldn't... Like, it's a disappointment, but not for, like, the self-destructive reasons that we see a lot of other teams, like the Browns and stuff like that. Texas. I feel like they were just dealt a really bad hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's, you know, I feel like 7-9, and nine, that's kind of... That was the talent level that this team was playing with yeah. week in, week out, was low, C talent. Low-key so. overachieving just a little bit. Not not by a ton, but just a little bit. Um Maybe by one game, I'd say. So, did you have anything else you wanted to no, add? No, I'd say C- is a good grade for them. Okay. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah. I mean, they're not a bad team. No, no, they're a really good team. They're a yeah. good team and going forward. I think they're going to be good, too. I think <clears throat> we'll get to it later, too, but I think they let go of Desmond Trufant, which was a good move. Yeah. It's time for him to move on. So yeah, it's, it's um, about good. time. Yeah, yeah so. so that could be our segment for a segue into... The Falcons. The Falcons offseason. Yeah, so let's, let's talk about it. Uh... They, I think they got better. We just talked about how Austin Hooper left. That'll be something that'll hurt them. I don't think they have a first-round pick, do they? I'm pretty sure they don't. Which kind of? Would they not? I mean, I don't know. No, I, I think just, they do. Oh, do they? They definitely do. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know why. I did just gloss. I want to say it's like then. the, the low twenties, like 21, 22, something. Sixteen. Like that. Oh, they are the middle of the NFL. Oh, yeah, I should know that. Okay, good. So I think this is where they take a tight end. I know I say that a lot, but they're, I, I just went over the whole thing and you know looked over all these uh, draft prospects, and in my opinion, there are at least three tight ends who are surefire first-round talents, in my opinion. There's uh, Al Big O from yep. Missouri. There's... Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say this guy. I know a lot of people have him going, but the Notre Dame guy, yeah, Cole Komet, Cole, yeah. he's I mean, he's okay, I guess, whatever. Yeah. you know. And then they have, uh, I want to nice. say it's Bryson Hopkins yeah. from Purdue, mm-hmm. and he's really good. Like, he could block, and he could catch, and he's he's a, an all-around guy. And then there's a fourth guy I'm just blanking out. But either of those guys... Thaddeus Moss is also... Oh, Thaddeus Moss. Sorry, there you go. Yeah, yeah so... 
all four of those guys low key will be there. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't take Thaddeus Moss there. No. But I think those are four guys that they could take a tight end. So that's a plug and play guy, and they're gonna all contribute right away, in my opinion. And it's not like you really need to like rely on that. You know, like you could still go offensive line or maybe draft a successor to Matt Ryan because it's getting to that time. You know, but I mean, if you want to compete in this arms race with the rest of the NFC South, it might be worth taking a tight end who could. Catch like Julio Jones and block and do all that stuff. I could see them taking a guy like Tyler Eifert. Um, yes. Giving him a, a second chance in the NFL. Um, another second chance. Another second chance. Yeah. Um, I think they call that a third chance. Okay, a third chance. Um, I think giving him a shot <laughs> I mean, there, I think he has proven that he can be a good tight end. I mean, he showed when that his, when healthy yeah, with the Bengals. He could be a top-tier tight end. Um, I could see him going in there and definitely – Getting a chance. Yeah. But let's talk about who they signed. Uh, let's start with the big one, Todd Gurley. How confident are we in Todd Gurley right now? Not very, but I feel like that it was a good deal for the Falcons because sure. he's pretty cheap. I mean, he's Still cheaper than Melvin Gordon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to say I think he could, again, obviously his injury history is a big deal with him. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to be honest, for the price he got, he could – Surprise a lot of people. There's only upside for this yeah. signing for the Falcons. Yeah. However, I still think that they should draft a running back. I agree. Like uh, like a guy that guy from Utah. Um, Zach Moss. I think that would be a great pick for the Falcons in like the second round. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably where he'll go or maybe even late second round. I feel like they could get Zach Moss and he could play in this Falcons offense. But I feel like first-round-wise, they need to draft a cornerback and they could get a guy yeah. like, uh, is it C.J. Henderson? C.J. Henderson. Yeah, I feel like that's a match made in heaven. Replace Desmond Trufant and give him a cornerback one that can play on day one. Yeah, sure. No, I, I agree. And a Dan Quinn kind of guy, too, honestly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, actually, I, I, I like that, too. No. Uh, just real quick on Todd Gurley. He definitely has arthritis in his knees. And I have heard people say that was a rumor, but I kind of – don't think that's a rumor. They're just saying that because they don't, you know, they don't want to hurt his free agency value. And I don't think he will last there really long. He's only there for a one, one year, so it's not like. I feel like getting a running back that you can rely on on first and second down, and then just, I feel like if they load manage Todd Gurley, that he could be very good. And if this team makes the playoffs, he could take over in the postseason. Sure. No, I agree, and he has a, he has a better line with the Falcons than with the Rams, so that's worth keeping in mind. This Ram or sorry, this Falcons offensive line is pretty good when they're healthy, and that's that could be. Alex a Mack shaky. needs a whole season of rest. Yeah, yeah I agree. I'm gonna say Jake one, Matthews too. One other running back talking about running backs. I think a guy like Cam Akers could be there. Yeah. I personally think Cam Akers is obviously he's coming out of Florida State too. I think he's gonna look a lot like Dalvin Cook. In the NFL. Oh, um, okay. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm not saying he's Dalvin Cook. He's not Dalvin Cook good. Sure. But I'd say he's like the little brother of Dalvin Cook. Okay. I think he's gonna look a lot like that. So that's another another guy you could look at there. Well, if we're talking NFL comparisons, I kind of I, I like the idea of them taking J.K. Dobbins right here because he kind of reminds me of a smaller, like a shorter Zeke. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely. You know? a, it's funny because both of these players are coming from the same team. So like, you have little brother. Ezekiel Elliott coming from Ohio State, and they have little brother. Wait, wait, wait. J.K. Dobbins is no a little. Boy? Yeah, is a little brother. But I'm saying Ezekiel Elliott's little brother is also coming from. Ohio oh, State. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
Cam Akers, who is from Florida State, is basically uh, why should I his name? Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's little brother from Florida State. Yeah. Or Devontae Freeman's little brother. You're right. From that's back a lot. Oh, good. Yeah. Anyways, I think the Falcons could go a couple of different ways here. Yeah. Who yeah. else did they bring in? Come on. Atlanta. They got Dante Fowler. Bam. Who is an upgrade over Vic Beasley. Yep. And I feel like Dante Fowler's finally come into his own. Yeah. As a player who, you know, he's been healthy and he's shown consistency with the Rams over the past few years. I feel like he's going to work great in Dan Quinn's defense. I think he had like 14 sacks last year. I could expect the double digit sack production from him. I agree. He is only there on a one year deal, so it's a low key approve it deal, but I think he'll do really well with it. Hopefully. Yeah. So, uh, I like I like this Falcons team. Honestly, at this point, it's just all about health with them. Because, like, I kind of feel, I'm not trying to jinx it. I'm not going to right now. But I think Matt Ryan's going to suffer a really bad injury this year. <laughs> I'm saying, I don't know. That's why I knocked on wood. I okay, just but like, you can't just say that. No, it's just a gut feeling. Like, if I'm looking at all these other quarterbacks and, like, their progression, like, a lot of them go through some pretty traumatic injuries. A.K.A. like Tom Brady tearing his ACL or Peyton Manning basically breaking his neck. And like, uh, you know, it's just he's at that age. Tony Romo and his million injuries. Aaron Rodgers. I'm just saying, man. Like, I don't wish anything bad on him. Cam Newton, too. I don't wish anything bad on him. It's just one of those things where it's like he's been really healthy for a long time. Matt Ryan is going to be fine. <laughs> He'll be fine. I know, I know. Falcons fans. It, but I think it's worth taking a quarterback as insurance still anyways in this draft. Not yeah. super early, but like, you know, in the later rounds. Like a Anthony Gordon maybe from Washington State or a Jacob Eason from Washington. Jacob Eason would be a better fit than Anthony Gordon. I think, I don't, I'll be honest, I think the only place Anthony Gordon fits is in Bruce Arians' offense, Tampa Bay. Really? Yeah, I think Anthony Gordon. I mean, I don't know. He's we'll talk about that another time. But yeah. just getting another quarterback to you know get in there and just see what would happen, you know, because uh, they don't really have a backup. Maybe they haven't had one. I would love that. That would be a <laughs> huge move. And from, with Jake from falling, they could easily probably get him from the fourth round. Yeah. From the from a Georgia ball to Atlanta Falcon. Yeah, everyone would love it. Pack the stands too, yeah. and then more. I mean, I guess you'll just have more from chance, but. <laughs> You know, that's fine. He's used to playing in that stadium anyways, yeah, from high school to yeah. college. Like, it's it fits. Because yeah. that's, like, the one Jake from, uh, you know, place that we haven't really talked about a lot. We've linked him a lot to, like, the Patriots. East Coast, like Pittsburgh, Patriots. Like, yeah, it's kind of weird. But Jake from could literally Tampa. go to any one of the 32 NFL teams right now Yeah, with where he's at. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you're a good leader and you're a likable guy. So. All right, anything else on the Falcons you guys got, or should we move on to our last team? Nah, not Let's really. talk about the Panthers. Yeah, I thought this was a really exciting team, mostly because the MVP of this team helped me get into the fantasy championship, even though I lost because they sat him. Yes, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot that they sat him when you lost. Yeah, our, our boy Christian McCaffrey, his father is now the coach of UNC. Yeah, he walks around our, our building a lot. Well, Ed, 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 now, Ed McCaffrey. Ed McCaffrey. No, Christian. Christian's been too. Christian's what? lifted with the team. Yeah, Christian's been there multiple Wait, times. Wait, hold up. No, you're right. I've just every time like y'all say it, I just miss him. Like you're like, oh yeah, Christian McCaffrey was here yesterday, and I'm like, what? I wasn't. I mean, here. we have. I don't know, man. We had 
classes in that building I like, had, all I, the time. Literally, so. my whole life was in that building. So, like, I heard everything. Yeah. yeah, I knew he was in there quite a bit. Yeah. So, so Christian McCaffrey has came back, come back home to Colorado, you know. And let's let's talk about him. He was the MVP of this team. This Panthers team wouldn't be where they were at without uh, Christian McCaffrey, right? I mean, let's oh, yeah. be honest. I mean, I would say Christian McCaffrey probably through half of the season was probably the MVP leading guy, yeah. NFL MVP. As long yeah. as they were in the playoff conversation, he was yeah. MVP candidate. Yeah, I agree. So that's a really big bright spot because Loki, he's. A top three running back. I don't know if y'all will put him at number one, but he's really he's close. in the conversation for number one. Yeah. Oh really, yeah! Last year he was the best running back in the league. So yeah, yeah. As it stands right now, Christian McCaffrey's the best running back in the league. Yes. Yeah, I had two thousand yards from scrimmage, which is yeah. a Panther record. And is that an NFL record? No, it's not. It's not. But it's a Panther record at least, mm-hmm. which is still pretty good. It was only in his what third year? Scary. Yeah. Second or third? I thought it was his. Se- Wait, hold up. No, maybe it was his third It's his third year. year. Did he come in with James Conner? He graduated a year before me, and then he played four years in college. So. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah? Math works. It's his third year. Yeah, so let's let's uh, talk about this Panthers season, though. How would we grade it? <laughs> D plus. Yeah. D? Okay. I might even say F, to be honest. I really? Think maybe we'll go, I'll go D minus because... At the like, obviously, Christian McCaffrey was great. Luke Kuechly retired, so that really hurt. Um, yeah. Well, let's talk about this last season. Okay. Though. And then, I mean, they had DJ um, Moore. DJ Moore, but what's what's the Allen? What's the first name? What's his Kyle name? Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen yeah. came in and played at the end and played really well. So that's why I give him from moving from an F to a D. So he showed flashes. Okay. Yeah. I'll give them a C minus. I maybe it's because I didn't really expect a whole ton out of them because I said they'd be really good if Cam Newton was there. And he wasn't. So, yeah. yeah. So after that, my expectations dropped by a lot. And I didn't expect Kyle Allen to be good. I didn't expect Christian McCaffrey to have... Like, I expected him to be good, but not to be, like, as insane as he was this whole season. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Uh, obviously, this all resulted in Ron Rivera getting fired. You know? But yeah. let's... Uh, I mean, do we have anything else we want to add about this last season? Or... No disappointment. Do you go and say it? I mean, it's just tough when you don't have Cam Newton. Yeah, your franchise guy. Yeah, we thought they had a chance to make it with Kyle Allen doing really well, and then he did it uh, that second half. Oh, and Greer turned out to be bad. Yeah, that <laughs> super was, bad. That oh was my god, he was so bad. Oh yeah, that was disappointing. Well, let's talk about the off season. Um, you know, in chronological order. So fired Ron Rivera. He's out of here. Hired Matt Rule. From Baylor. Baylor. Who said uh, that he was going to be at Baylor for the rest of his life? We knew that wasn't for real. <laughs> maybe, maybe if he was at a bigger school. But, uh, yeah, hired Matt Rule. He famously brought back the Baylor program, which probably should have died, to In be honest. In three years. In like, three years. That's, what, I think that's yeah. the biggest thing to talk about for bringing them back is he didn't take the average, like, six to seven years to rebuild that team. He did it in three years. His first year, they went 1-11. Yep. Second year, I think they went 6-7. Yep. This year they went twelve and two. So like that's literally the biggest turnaround you can have, fast turnaround you can have. Yeah, I agree. And let's, I mean, if we want to talk about Baylor, you know, I think what happened to them. Obviously, the stuff going down there was terrible. And if it wasn't for the fact that people pretty much aren't going to use the death penalty in college football anymore unless they really have to, I think their situation was very comparable to SMU's situation, where their whole program got killed and like, because not of. 
you know, the same kind of stuff, but it was still pretty bad, you know, and obviously Baylor didn't lose their football program, but they were under some really tough restrictions for a really long time. And Matt Rule brought them back in three years, which is really hard to do because compared to SMU, SMU is still like 30 years later, not where they want to be. And it's because they got killed pretty badly. You know, obviously it's not the same penalties, but a lot of credit goes to Matt Rule. I think he's a great coach for the Panthers. Do y'all agree? I need to, I need to see it first. I don't know. Okay. I, I think he's a great college quarterback or coach, college coach. coach. I don't. I mean, I don't know how it's going to translate to the NFL. I don't yet. know how it's going to translate to the NFL either. And I mean, excuse me. No disrespect to the conference that he was coaching in, but like, <coughs> definitely more possible to have a turnaround. All right. Well, I would say. Sorry, go on. And the NFC South. That's what I'm saying. Talking about talking about conferences, I would say, out of the Power Five conferences, maybe besides the Pac-12, I think the Big Twelve is probably one of the weaker ones of the Power Five. Yeah. So going from a weaker Power Five conference into probably the best conference in the NFL right now. Yeah. We'll have to see. I mean, we'll we'll have to see. He has to coach against Tom Brady in his first (laughs) year in Drew Brees. Let's also keep in mind the other people you brought in. Because I think this is really important to keep in mind. He brought in OC Joe Brady from the LSU Tigers, who tore up the SEC and broke records that are now NCAA records. And it wasn't like they were playing a bunch of scrub teams. Like, they were playing oh, yeah. with the SEC. They, they, I mean, they but played. that offensive coordinator is going from Joe Burrow to Teddy Bridgewater, bro. Well, or P.J. Walker. Or P.J. Walker, which, or Cam Newton if he decides to yeah. stay for some reason. They have quite the crit- Quarterback room there too. It's not the worst quarterback rule, but room. But I think they got it right though, getting Matt Rule a good, you know, leader that'll keep on that Panther tradition, right? Because Ron Rivera was a good coach in my opinion. It was just about time. Like his time was up and I mean he has a job somewhere else. Yeah. You know, and he, he was a good coach, so you're not like getting someone who's completely unproven. Like I mean if I'm gonna make a comparison, probably like a Joe Judge. For the Giants, or yeah. or a Freddie Kitchens, <laughs> so I want to be like Freddie Kitchens. Yeah, so he's way better than Freddie Kitchens. He has a good OC in Joe Brady, which I think will be really interesting to see how all that goes down, because I think this could be an explosive offense, you know. But I, I'm just gonna put this out there to start. I don't think the Panthers are gonna contend this year. Nope. And they're building for the future, because if you look at all the other teams in the division, you have the Saints with Drew Brees. He has maybe a year or two left. You have Tom Brady, who literally only has two years left. You have Matt Ryan. I just talked about that. (laughs) So I'm just going to be honest. Three years from now, if they do it right and they don't build now to compete right now, they might be the team that just falls into place once all those quarterbacks retire and their times are up. Mm -hmm. And it's just a sweet transition where they take over right right here. I I mean, I say give him at least three years or four years like Baylor did. And he'll get back because he's playing in a tough division, right? Yeah. So he's going to get that leeway anyways. So I think him having that extra time is going to do him a lot of good, if yeah. I'm being honest. And this is a team that they're not going to compete this year or even next year. But in three years, they're going to be that squad that might be a Super Bowl contender if they do it right. I'd agree. Yeah? Yep. Yeah. I, I agree with that. What do you guys think the odds are of... P.J. Walker taking Teddy Bridgewater's spot. Me and Simon were talking about this earlier today. I think it, it's pretty high. Like I think, I think I wouldn't be surprised. I'll say that if P.J. Walker was a starter in Carolina next year. 
over Teddy Bridgewater. At some point in the season or I'm just a day one starter. Oh, okay. Like obviously they got to go through preseason and all. I'm saying day one regular season start, right? Are you saying this season or next season? This season. I think PJ Walker could do it. I think PJ Walker has shown more in the recent years than Teddy Bridgewater has. I mean, what about you, Cody? What do you think? I would say my opinion after. I mean, they just spent a lot of money on Teddy Bridgewater, and I feel like that's the that's like a big barrier. Is that would look really bad if I mean PJ Walker is probably pretty cheap contract wise because he's yeah. a he's a semi pro quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know if this was necessarily the move that the Panthers needed to make. I don't think they needed to make it either. But I don't. I, I mean, but I mean, I could see. I feel like Teddy Bridgewater has some room for error. Being sure. a rebuild quarterback, honestly. So I don't see the likelihood of it. Maybe near the end of the season if they're not competing. Or, you know, I could see P.J. Walker getting time if Bridgewater gets hurt. Which is very possible. Which is very possible. possible. P.J. Walker is the most durable quarterback in that room right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's... So, okay, I, Cam Newton's not going to play for this team. There's no, no way. No way. I don't think so. No. Did you see that Cam Newton didn't want to seek out a trade though yeah they kind of there's kind of a disconnect happening in carolina with cam newton and yeah Carolina, which kind of stinks to see honestly i've seen a lot of people hate on cam though and they're all like well cam newton spoiled it. He, he should be thankful to even be on an nfl roster and i'm like okay we just go act like he didn't win mvp a couple years ago no cam newton is definitely getting pushed out nobody wants to acknowledge it because most fans are on the side of their franchises during free agency when healthy cam is a top 10 quarterback in the nfl oh, yeah. yeah and it's not his fault he's getting hurt like he's not acting a fool or anything like that it's no. just his body like i mean it's his playing style you know and, mm-hmm. I mean, well, I and guess he's even he's even calmed it down a little bit too yeah he has it. yeah it's just wear and tear he also, he also hasn't had the best offensive line in the last few years either. He's, he's never getting, had a good he's offensive line. He's getting hit line. a lot. So. No. He's never had a good offensive line. I'm going to just... Yeah, and this Panthers O-line is still a little suspect, oh, if we're yeah. being honest. So, yeah, but Cam Newton's not going to play there. I don't think they're going to get anything out of trading Cam because teams know by now, like, all right, well, it's only a matter of time before you release him unless you want to hold him for another year and pay him $20 million, which they're too smart to do. They should have traded him sooner for a first-round pick. Yeah, before yeah. they signed they all should the have, quarterbacks. Let's be honest, they should have probably given to the Bears before the Bears got Nick Foles. Yeah, and they, yeah, could they have. lost out on that. Yeah. No, but we'll have to see. So he's not going to play. Um, <clears throat> my opinion on P.J. Walker, I like him. I, I really do, you know. I am interested in seeing how this transition from the XFL to the NFL is going to be. I know Matt Rule was his head coach in uh, in college, and they broke records together, you know, over at Temple. I think he was a four-year starter, too, so or a three-year starter, sorry. So, I don't know. I kind of feel good about P.J. Walker stepping in over Bridgewater because I know they gave Bridgewater money, but it's only a two- or three-year deal. Like, I mean, you know, it's really just a two-year deal. So, like, you could start Bridgewater, see what you got, but... If we're talking about Joe Brady and his offense, which is a spread offense, you know, which has shown that it can work. You know, if it's working the SEC, then you could have some success in the NFL, which is already going that way anyways with Cliff Kingsbury and his spread. But I think that P.J. Walker is better suited to run the spread than Teddy Bridgewater right now. Absolutely. Yeah, because he could run too, and you don't have to worry about him getting hurt, which is a kind of a big deal. 
So that would be interesting to keep in mind. But, hey, if neither of them works, and obviously I don't think Will Greer is going to work out, then they are in a position where they can tank for Trevor Lawrence and keep him you know, another on the quarterback East Coast. That, well, I mean, obviously they'd have to trade one of them. Or yeah. Them, but they, I've heard a lot of rumors of Trevor Lawrence to Carolina. Okay. we've So we've I acknowledge that. We've yeah. been talking about the offense a lot. Yeah. What do we think of the defensive side of the ball now that Keekly, who's not just the heart and soul of the Carolina defense, but one of the faces <coughs> of defense in the 2010s for the NFL. Yeah. What? Where do the Panthers go from here on the defensive side of the ball? Because I can... What? Who are their starters? Shaq Thompson. He was pretty good, but he's an outside linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. Any, I mean, anybody else? That's, they lost James Bradbury, didn't they? Their cornerback? I'm pretty sure they did to the Giants. So that sucks, because he was really good. I don't know why they let him walk. But yeah, that happened. There's um, some work to be done on the defensive side. There, no, there really is. Yeah, I think I it's a reshuffle time. Yeah, I'm not feeling good about this. Uh, the defensive side of a ball. I think they kind of just lost that on a lot of big players. I mean, I guess they could go out and get Jadavion Clowney, but not worth it. I don't think that, that he really fits not their long term plan. Nope. Yeah, so I mean, no. You know, keep your cap space open. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they just build through the draft, yeah. like. Like usual, I mean, they're a GM slash owner. Uh, is it David Tepper? I want to say he used to be a guy in the Steelers organization who was supposed to be the next guy up after Kevin Colbert left as GM, and we were grooming him. But it was kind of taking a little bit longer, so we just <clears throat> we let him go to the Panthers, and he's a guy who drafts really well. And I kind of expect them to draft defense. I would, I could see them trading up to get a guy like Isaiah Simmons. Oh, do they really have to trade up? They went five and eleven. Yeah, they're gonna have to trade up most likely, but only a few spots. That price—it depends how steep that price is. Okay, I'll ask. I'll hypothetically here. Okay. If you could, let's see. Let's hear. Let's go with a team like who is sitting at at five or six. Uh, the Giants. Let's, let's take. Let's take a team like the Chargers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they're at the, like eight. No, the LA Chargers are at six, right? Yes. Yeah. I think so. Miami's at five. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So Miami's at five. Chargers are at six. If you're the char- if you're the Panthers, do you take this trade? You get a trade out from six. Six to nine. Okay. <laughs> you trade out from six to nine. Um, Wait. So trade back? Yes. Yeah, so, you, okay. so, no, so you're the you're the Chargers. Yeah. In the paint, it is a good trade, you think? Yeah, yeah. In your on, in your mind, on. so the Chargers trade out of out of the six to the ninth, six nice. to nine, okay. Um, and so then that means Carolina trades up to the sixth, takes Isaiah Simmons, okay. But in that trade, Cam Newton goes to L.A. Oh, oh, well, that nice. be it though? Like you're That's switching it. picks you're and switching picks and giving him Cam Newton. I mean, L.A. could afford it, right? Yeah, yeah. It depends. Because I, mean, I hear the Chargers are pretty high on Tyrod Taylor right now. Yeah, they, they like Tyrod Taylor. Also, Cam Newton, he probably doesn't want to go from one team that has a bad offensive line to another team that has a worse <laughs> offensive line. Well, yeah. I, I wouldn't say worse because they did trade Turner, Trey Turner from the Panthers to there, and they signed a tackle too. So, ironically, this Chargers offensive line is better than any line Philip Rivers has had. So... 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, it could it could have been an interesting trade. That's something you could look at. I I like it's it. It's definitely interesting. It, I mean, I don't know. See, the thing about it is that teams aren't willing to risk trading for Cam if they can't fly out their team doctors to evaluate them themselves. Because obviously they can't. I think the with Chargers Kobe. would want a second round pick on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. And that might. I mean, I don't know. Because like, honestly. If I'm the Panthers, like... That wouldn't be a bad move for the Panthers. No. A huge salary dump. Too. No, it wouldn't be bad. I still think you could get a good a good one at number nine. Oh, yeah, he's okay. <clears throat> yeah. But if I'm being honest, I'd like to keep all my draft assets right now just in case they are in a position to get a Trevor Lawrence. Because he's going to be that guy next year. Oh, yeah, he is. And if Trevor Lawrence goes to the Panthers in a Joe Brady system with Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, who, by the way, had a really good year this last year before getting hurt... Um, I like, I mean, I don't know. That could be real scary. You know, we saw what Joe Brady did with a good quarterback in Joe Burrow and Trevor some Lawrence good is better than Joe Burrow, talent-wise, I think. Wait, sorry, say that again? I think talent-wise, Trevor Lawrence is better than Joe Burrow. Yes, he's proven himself over a longer period of time, so I'd say so. You heard it here first. Tank for Trevor. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's the new hashtag. All right, shall we uh, put our rankings in in the segment? Oh. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. This, 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 is <laughs> this isn't going to. So assuming they go with our draft picks and like things go yep. positively. Everyone has Carolina <coughs> at the bottom, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Carolina well, to think about. Simon's that. thinking about Matt Sorry. Ryan getting <laughs> into a plane crash or something. Well, hey. Chill. <laughs> okay, can we also be it's all agree upon the fact that the Falcons are going to be second to last? Um, maybe can we start at the top and right, go yes, back go, down? Go Sorry, Simon, you want to Simon, you just give you yours. Yes, okay, yes. yeah, I I have the Saints at the top, and I think that's I I mean no offense against Tom Brady, I just think the Saints are going to do better because I believe in Drew Brees more than Tom. That's what it comes down to, in my opinion. Oh, we're just going tops. I also think the Saints are going to be at the top. But oh, okay. not to admit, like, I think the Saints will win the division and they will make the playoffs. But not to say, I think Tampa Bay's going to be right behind them. And I think they get the wild card and, yeah, they go too. <laughs> I'm thinking. Don't look at me like that. I'll just okay. well, yeah, yeah, I'll go. Yeah, go give me yeah, a so thing Tampa, Tampa, all right, I think I got it. Tampa's going to be second. Because. Even with everything going well, like, I don't know, like, if, say, Todd Gurley is healthy enough, then I could definitely see the Falcons being being second, to be honest, if they're all healthy and everything's going well, because, I mean, this doesn't really mean anything, but that whole projected offense is the first, it could be the first offense in NFL history to feature all first-round picks, which would be insane. <laughs> And it would, they wouldn't be a bunch of scrubs either between Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, um, Calvin Ridley, <clears throat> Calvin Ridley, yeah, Laquan uh, Treadwell. He's there. He's, yeah, he's I mean, you know, he's time. there. You know, and then I assume they're going. They could get a first round tight end. That could be great. Their whole line will be back healthy. Todd Gurley's there. Oh my God! See, if they're really good, I could see them easily being second. Because I don't believe in Tom Brady. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I just don't. Yeah. I'll say that, yeah. If the Falcons are right, they're going to be second in the division with Tampa third, a close third. All right, yeah. let me ask you this. If if the Falcons play to their potential and play good, does the NFC South send three to the playoffs? 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, I, I think they could do it still, even if the Falcons are barely, not as good as, I yeah. mean, we're hoping for them to be, ideally. Yeah. So. I think, okay, I'm going to put the Saints at number one. Okay. I'm going to have the Bucks at number two because I feel like, honestly, talent-wise, especially on the offensive side of the ball, this Buccaneers team is better than the Patriots. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Like, absolutely. And I feel like Bruce Arians is a better play caller than Josh, Josh McDaniels. McDaniels. Oh, yeah. I thought you were about to say Bill Belichick. Oh, okay, go on. Sorry. Well, Bill Belichick doesn't call the offense. No, I know. I'm just, so, yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, I feel, like, I feel like the Bucs are going to be a better team than the Patriots were this past year. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And then I feel like the Falcons, I feel like three teams in the NFC South win double-digit games. Oh, yeah. We just saw it a couple years ago, too. And I feel like the rest of the NFC is, compared to the NFC South, took a step back. Yeah. So. I would say the only other division that could compete with it, because I still think, as much as I love the Vikings, they took a step back. Green Bay hasn't done anything. I'm going to say the only team that, only division that could compete with them would be the West with San Francisco and Seattle. But like we said, we don't think San Francisco would be that good. Seattle's probably going to make it. Yeah. Arizona so, is actually... Yeah, so I mean like... Arizona's trending up because they have a 1,500-yard receiver. <laughs> With their first-round pick still there. Yeah, but, they still have a first-round pick. Yeah, so I have Saints, Bucks, Falcons, Panthers. Panthers probably with like two wins. I'm not even going to lie. I have the Panthers a few more wins, but I, might, I have the Saints. Yeah, they could gonna, still... They'll be in some entertaining games, I'll say that. The I'm NFC saying. South... Divisional games are going to be the biggest regular season games of the year. Yep. Yeah. I'd say so. I'm Even the Panthers, who are like rebuilding, they, they can still play. They can compete with other teams. Yeah. yeah, they're still pretty exciting. I mean, obviously, Christian McCaffrey's a star. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm looking forward to seeing how this coaching staff, which is, I'm kind of just realizing now, is all college <laughs> coaches. Uh, I'm looking forward to see how they react. You know, because this is a tough division, so I wouldn't be surprised if they lost like a ton of games or even maybe go 0-16, which I don't think will happen, but, you know, like it is a tough division. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say they're not going to go 0-16 because I would still take the rebuilding Panthers and a new coach staff over the Detroit Lions. Okay, yeah, so, right. All right. Like, okay. I, don't know if, I don't know if they play, but I'm just saying like a team like that or like or like the, <coughs> the New York Giants. Okay. Or even if they play an AFC team like the Jets, they're going to beat the Jets. Oh, yeah, you're right. All right, okay. So maybe maybe not 0-16, but still, this is a team that could struggle because you're lacking a lot of uh, experience, I'd say. Yeah. They're going to lose a lot of leaders. They're losing Cam, who was their offensive leader, and then they already lost Luke Keekley, who was their <laughs> defensive leader. So now you're kind of just bringing in a lot of new faces. I mean, I guess there's a changing of the guard from quarterback to running back with Christian McCaffrey being that leader which isn't the worst thing in the world. And then on defense, you're still kind of just Trying to floating. Find yeah, you need to find somebody. Mm-hmm. Maybe not even this year. Like like I said, they have. I'd give them three years before we actually start taking them for real, seriously. Yeah, so, sounds good. Yeah. All right. That does it. it for Go on. NFL Recap 2019. Yep. And let's look forward to 2020. Coming up next, free. Cycle Reacts to Free Agency. Yes, Free Agency. At least about all the teams we haven't talked about yet. All right, welcome back to the Cycle 365. We're going to go over 
Well, we shouldn't just call it free agency. This is off-season deals because there are a lot of trades and deals and stuff that went on in the NFL. And we're just going to hit all of them because even though we're all stuck here because of coronavirus or COVID-19, whatever, even though we're all stuck here, it's been super active, I'd mm-hmm. say. Probably the best free agency ever, if I'm being honest. Well, a lot of big moves. Sure, at least. Yeah, a lot of big moves. So we're going to go in alphabetical order, starting with the Arizona Cardinals. So we already talked about them getting Andre Hopkins. That'll be big for Kyler Murray. They did lose David Johnson, but that's okay because they transition tagged Kenyon Drake. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be with them. Uh, Fitz, he's back with them for another year. And yeah, that's pretty much. I mean, they signed De- Devondre Campbell from the Falcons to a one year deal. They gave him $8.5 million, which might be a little bit too much. They probably also have money to spend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's a solid uh, linebacker to add, you know, to that defense and build on to what they have. So as of now. What grade would we give the Cardinals? A. Well, yeah, they have to have an A. If, if you ever get a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, you get an A. Okay. Especially because they didn't have to give up a first-round pick. Yeah. That is very true. So the Cardinals are sitting in a really good spot. Didn't pick up a lineman yet, though. An offensive lineman, that is. Maybe but, in the uh, draft. Yeah, now they have room to do it in the draft, which they definitely could since they've addressed a lot of their needs. So moving on, um, we're going to come back through some teams that we missed some players because... A lot of trades and deals went down, which we kind of just, you know, we can't, you know, it's hard to keep track of all of it. But the Atlanta Falcons, they did trade for Hayden Hurst. Uh, they traded with the Ravens. They traded a fourth-round pick and Hayden Hurst. So they got Hayden Hurst and a fourth-round pick, sorry, for a second and a fifth-round um, picks. Yeah, that takes away my whole Tyler Eifert experiment. Yeah. They have a better guy, more reliable guy in Hayden Hurst. Yeah, so. and he's a young guy who kind of got lost into, in the shuffle with um, that Ravens uh, tight ends group over there. Mm-hmm. And I think this is finally time for him to, to shine, you know. And that's that's a really good pick in my opinion. Yep. So, yeah. Do we want to grade the Falcons or we kind of already did it? But Yeah. We'll move know. on. Yeah, we'll move on. All right. So the Baltimore Ravens added a lot. Of uh, veterans, I, I should say, on this team. So we already talked about them getting rid of Hayden Hurst. You know, they got a second and a fourth. Uh, both of them are 2020 picks, by the way. So that's pretty important to keep in mind. They did sign uh, two veteran defensive linemen in Michael Brockers. Brockers got a three-year, $30 million deal. And they also traded for Calais Campbell. So maybe not signed, but they traded for him using a fifth-round pick. And they got him on a two-year, $27 million deal as well. I think you could say Derek Henry had the biggest off-season impact on the Ravens. Yes. Yeah. He went. They went out and got some uh, some defensive guys that can stop the next time they run into him. Yeah, and they also franchise-tagged Matt, Matt Judon, yep. which yes. is huge. Which is great. Yeah. Uh, they did bring back Jihad Ward. And also, I mean, this was kind of expected. They traded Chris Wormley to the Steelers, and we'll get to that in a second. Just because, you know, it's a crowded defensive line group. There's no need to keep more players, and Wormley was kind of an expensive backup. So, what would we grade the Ravens offseason as of now, March 23rd? Let me see. A minus. It has to be plus. I'll give them a B plus. I mean, they got Wyman, which is important, but, you know. I mean, they just made their deep, like. Their offense, we, we saw the offense last year, like last year. It's fine, especially with Lamar Jackson at the helm. Yes. Their offense is fine. Maybe adding a wide receiver might be helpful, but that's something they could address in the draft. Um, but, 
I mean, they still have Hollywood. And yeah. I think just... I mean, they didn't have a bad defense, but just adding more to that defense is making them better. Yeah, just get better. Yeah. Increase that window. All right. So, we have the Buffalo Bills Oof. next. Let's, let's start with the lesser, you know, I mean, I shouldn't say lesser, but lesser deals that happened with the Bills uh, this last week, this offseason. So, let's start with the line. They picked up Mario Addison, which might be a little bit past his prime, you know, but they got him on a three-year, $30 million deal. He's Only a solid 15 player. in guarantees, too. Yeah. That's nice. That's really important to keep in mind. They also signed defensive tackle from the Panthers, ironically, Vernon Butler. Uh, to a two-year, $18 million deal, which only half of that is guaranteed, by the way. So if he doesn't work out, it's fine. Uh, and then lastly, well, not lastly, but on the defensive side, they did get Josh Norman on a one-year deal. And then here's the big one to happen. <clears throat> they got Stephon Diggs. You know, and they didn't really... I mean, they traded their first-round 2020 pick, a fifth-round, sixth-round, and a fourth-round. Okay, so that's kind of a lot <laughs> for Stephon Diggs. I don't know how worth it. All of that is, but so how would you grade the Bills offseason, including Stefan Diggs, as of now? Including Stefan Diggs? Yeah. They gave up a lot for him. So that'll probably drop me down to a B, but I mean obviously Josh Allen having Stefan Diggs. Oh that's is big. gonna be I mean, we talked about it last week when we did the uh, the East, um, the NFC and the AFC East. Like, they needed a receiver that's not just a safety blanket in Cole Beasley or John Brown. And they yeah. got that in Stephon Diggs. Yeah, I'd say B-minus just because they gave up a lot for him. But I feel like Mario Addison is a good depth signing, yes. honestly. And Josh Norman, he could definitely have, like, a bounce-back year now that he's been humbled mm-hmm. a lot. And he doesn't have to be the cornerback one. <clears throat> that so. is very true. I actually like this. I mean, they didn't do... I mean, it wasn't like the flashiest signings or trades. Obviously, Stefan Diggs was a lot, and I didn't realize they gave up so much for it. Um, but I think it's all going to be worth it. They're probably going to win the AFC East, so I'll give them a big plus. Yeah. All right, moving forward, we have the Carolina Panthers. We'll go over this real quick. I mean, I don't think we really missed much. No. Um, they did trade away Kyle Allen. So that happened. They got Trey Boston to re-sign, which is huge because he's probably the best defensive player on that team. Yes, that's true. They also got uh, Russell Okun. Okun? Yep. I don't know. Russell Okun from from the uh, Chargers. Yeah. Bad move. I don't know how good that was, (laughs) trading a pro bowler young guy for a... uh, I don't know. I, I don't really like it. How would we grade the Panthers offseason as of right now? I mean, this Bridgewater deal is pretty good because <clears throat> only $33 million is guaranteed. Sure. So, I give it a C+. Plus okay. Yeah. They haven't gotten anything for Cam Newton yet. And Russell Coon's no. not, not good, so. Yeah, not really. I'd say like PJ Walker is probably the best part in Trey Boston. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. No doubt. I'll go, I'll go C+. Plus. Really? I'll give them a C. I mean... I don't know. It's kind of concerning when a semi-pro quarterback is your best signing, but we'll <laughs> keep that in mind. <clears throat> All right. These Chicago Bears, they made some moves. I don't think any of this is really going to matter because, though, I, I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll go over it real quick. So, Oh, my God. Artie Burns, the former Steelers cornerback, signed with the Bears. I don't know why that happened. That wasn't a good deal. They did re-sign <laughs> uh, Deion Bush. 
They got Jimmy Graham on a two-year, $60 million deal. They gave Robert Quinn a really big deal. $70 million, bro. Yes. That's ridiculous. Oh, my God. But, Robert Quinn is old. Well, he's like 28, so not that old. I think he just seems old. But Robert Quinn isn't the worst signing. I think that's a really good uh, guy to put next to <clears throat> or on the other side of Khalil Mack. And he did really good with the Cowboys, so I expect him to do pretty good with the Bears. Then they brought back uh, Danny Trevathan. And they, trade, yeah, they traded for Nick Foles. Yeah, that so. was the big one. They traded a fourth-round pick for Nick Foles. So. But that contract is so bad, too. Yeah, they did restructure it, but I don't think it's that much better. How would we grade the Bears slash what do we think about it? C minus. I mean, they, they're they overpaying for Robert Quinn. Sure. Five-year deal for a 29-year-old is – he's not going to be good during the second half of his contract. And he's so wildly inconsistent. Jimmy Graham is already washed up. That's why Green Bay let him go. Yeah. He barely controversially won that game for them. Danny Trevathan, I think he's also washed up. And they gave him a big contract. And they traded for Nick Foles isn't the quarterback they should have traded for. So no. I think I'd give them a D. This is a terrible offseason for the <laughs> Chicago Bears. And they're going to be bad. Again. Okay. Again. Yeah, that's good. He's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I agree. I think they traded for the wrong quarterback. Honestly, like, all these signings wouldn't be bad if they got a Cam Newton. If they got a Cam Newton, I'd probably give them at least a B-. minus. I still think the highest I could do even... Well, depending on how they got Cam Newton, probably, like, yeah, B-, minus C+. Plus. But, yeah, terrible offseason <clears throat> for the Bears. All right. We're going to move on to the Bengals. Not a lot here. I think the biggest deal here is that they placed the franchise tag on AJ Green. They got DJ Reader. And they signed yeah. Kinsey Alexander. So I mean those are some They got some I mean pretty I don't big name say corners. Backup corners. But they got they added more depth. Mm-hmm. I mean I wouldn't say it's super significant. I'd give them a C minus, maybe, maybe a D plus. I'm gonna give them a C. I'm gonna give a C too. Because okay. DJ Reader is a Pro Bowl level <clears throat> defensive tackle. And the implications sure. of DJ Reader signing with the Bengals doesn't really mean a lot, a lot for the Bengals right now, but it means a lot for all the other teams in the NFL that didn't get him. Sure. Like the Broncos. Okay. Well, I agree. I mean, we expect them to do a lot more, uh, you know, be uh, way more active during the draft anyways, so it's fine. Yeah. All right. So, next up, the Cleveland Browns, the other team in Ohio. They went, they went crazy. <laughs> yeah, they had a lot of moves. So, I'm just going to go down the list and then we'll react to it. Um, so they stole Andrew Billings from the Bengals. I think he's a solid backup DT. They got Jack Conklin from the Tennessee Titans on a three-year, forty-two million dollar so deal, cheap, which that's a pretty good deal to be honest. So cheap. Uh, on the other hand, though, they did overpay Austin Hooper. <laughs> they signed him to a four-year, forty-two million dollar deal with half of that guaranteed. Uh, okay. They placed a second-round <laughs> tender on Kareem Hunt, so he's probably not going to go anywhere. Unless the team wants to give up a second-round pick for Kareem Hunt. They did trade for Andy Janovich, which, I mean, you know, adding another guy in there to fit the system. Got Kevin Johnson on a one-year deal. Got Carl Joseph, the safety from the Raiders, a former first-round pick on a one-year deal. They um, signed Case Keenum to a three-year, uh, $18 million deal. That might be a little bit too much. Then they did get Andrew Sandejo on a one-year, $2.25 million deal. I think the Browns did a lot to fill a lot of holes. Oh, yeah, they did what a lot. What would you grade their offseason? What give, do you think? I'd give it a B just because I feel like <clears throat> the overpaying 
versus the value signings kind of balance out, honestly. Like, yeah. Sandejo for $2.25 million is a steal. Oh, yeah. But then you have Austin Hooper, who's $10 million a year for Austin Hooper. Like, he's not even a... I mean, maybe he's a top five tight end in the NFL, but he's not Kelsey or Ertz. No. So... They have Joku too, so I'm, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it... From the looks of this, it looks like they're going to run a lot of two tight end, eye form kind of stuff yep. and get sure. out of the shotgun more. I feel like Andy Janovich is a good pickup. Being a Denver fan, he does his job at the fullback position. He does. So I, I give him a, a solid B, like B in bold font, you know, <laughs> to emphasize just how much of a B it was. All right. Okay. What about yeah. you, Justin? Yeah, B's, B's, B's where I'd grade it too. Okay, I'll give them a B plus. I actually really like Jack Conklin's deal. Um, they've needed help at the offensive tackle position since Joe, Br- uh, not Joe, hold up. Yeah, Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas. I was about to say Joe Pratt, and I almost said Joe Hayden. <clears throat> yeah, since Joe Thomas left, um, they've needed help there. Jack Conklin, he's a great run blocker, and uh, yeah, I think that's great. I love the deals for Carl Joseph and Andrew Sendejo. Both are one-year deals. I think both of them are pretty quality safeties, too. I don't know why Gruden let Carl Joseph walk, but I like both of them anchoring down that defense on the back end there, too. So I'll give them a B plus. And like, if we're really looking at it, Austin Hooper was the only one they overpaid. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's fine. You can live with it for yeah. now. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, didn't do a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But they did, you know, they did a little bit. So, let's uh, start with uh, Dak Prescott. They signed him to a franchise tag. I mean, I don't know. They didn't really have a choice. Yeah, that's fine. So, they got uh, Dak locked up, at least for this year. They re-signed Sean Lee to a one-year $4.5 million deal, which is big. They re-signed Anthony Brown to a three-year $15 million deal, which is kind of a steal. Anthony Brown's a sneaky good corner. And actually, maybe they did do a little bit more. They re-signed Amari Cooper to a five-year, $100 million deal. That's not as bad as that could have been, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest. And then they re-signed uh, Blake Jarwin, their tight end, to a three-year, $24 million deal. That's bad, though, because they overpaid for a backup yeah. tight end. Oh, God. And then, oh, sorry. They also re-signed Joe Looney, who's contributed a bit. But, on the other hand, they did get Gerald McCoy on a three-year, $18 million deal. It's big time. Yep. They re-signed Kai Forbath. I don't... The kicker? I don't know why. And then they signed HaHa Clinton Dix to a one-year $4 million million deal. So, this is an interesting, uh, I don't know, free agency offseason class right here. What would y'all grade the Cowboys offseason as of now? I'm going to probably... I'm going to give them a B plus. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, they did what they had to do to stay competitive. They re-signed who they needed to, maybe overpaying Blake Jarwin. But, I mean, like, I feel like they did what they needed to do to get, get stay in contention, I should say. Okay. B+. plus. That's all right. Interesting. What, what do you think, Simon? Oh, okay. Uh, so what it doesn't say here is that they definitely lost Byron Jones. <laughs> Yeah. who's a really good cover corner. And I feel like a lot of people hate him because he's a Cowboys player, but they lost him. And I'd rather have him than Blake Jarwin yeah. or Sean Lee 
or Gerald McCoy, to be honest. So I'd probably give them a C plus. I mean, they made some good moves. They kept Dak. They kept Amari Cooper. Uh, so Amari Cooper's locked up, so I like that. Um, I mean, Gerald McCoy's not a bad signing. You know, you add him in. He's ex- an experienced guy, a good player. Anthony Brown, I already said I like that re-signing. Haha, Clinton Dix is a steal, I feel, but... Uh, it could have been better managed, so I'll give them a C plus above average. No, I'm gonna have to agree with you and also give them a C plus, just because losing Byron Jones is bad, and I think that they overpaid for Mari Cooper. Mari Cooper is a receiver yeah. that when he's good, he's worth this, but he just disappears, and he doesn't disappear just for a game. He'll disappear for three or four games in a row, and just get like five catches over four games. Yeah. So, like, he's so wildly inconsistent, and I think that's why it came down to the negotiation happening in free agency. And I don't think he plays out this entire contract with the Cowboys. No, I don't think so. So, he does get... So, $40 million is guaranteed, but the whole thing could be guaranteed by the fifth day of the 2022 league year if um, he doesn't miss a certain number of games. And so that's two years from now. So if you if you look at it like it's not as bad as it could be, because if he does get injured all of this year, then that twenty million is gone, and then you could kind of, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you're saving twenty million, but still, that's that's not as great as it could be. All right. Well, going to Colorado's team, the Denver Broncos made a lot of big big moves. If we're being honest, I'm just gonna go through it. Uh, Justin Simmons got franchise tag. Good for him. He gets to stay here. They did take uh, Nick Vanette from the Steelers, signed that tight end to a two-year deal, so that's good for him. They got Melvin Gordon on a two-year uh, $60 million deal. $13.5 million is guaranteed. Dang. <laughs> they got Graham, that's what I said. Yeah, they got Graham, Glas- uh, okay. Graham Glasgow on a four-year $44 million deal with $25 million guaranteed. Traded for Jarrell Casey in exchange of a seventh-round pick, as we mentioned. And then, uh, as we mentioned before, did trade for A.J. Bouye um, in exchange for a fourth-round pick. So I know y'all are biased, but how are, how are y'all going to trade or uh, grade Denver's, uh, you know, off-season as of now? I'm going to give them a B-minus bordering a C-plus. Our trades were A's. Yeah. But... You know, I feel I still have to come out the Melvin Gordon thing growing me, and then losing out on DJ Reader was inexcusable in my opinion. I feel like DJ Reader would have made this defense a lot better, and we didn't sign anybody to shore up the middle linebacker position. One thing that's talked about is like we kept Todd Davis as a restricted free agent, and he's an absolute liability on the defensive side of the ball. So not what we did do being a problem, but rather the things that we didn't do being the reason why we have a B minus. Plus, okay. that's kind of a lot for Melvin Gordon, who didn't play like at all last year. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna still go B B plus actually. They oh. fill a lot of holes that the Broncos needed to fill. I think the only reason I'm getting a B plus and not an A is they didn't. I mean, they signed Graham Glasgow, but they needed more on the offensive line. They needed more. Oh, well, I mean, we also lost Connor McGovern. Yeah. To yeah. the Jets, which stuck stunk. And looking at how much the Browns played paid John uh, Jack Conklin. Looking at how much the Browns paid Jack Conklin, we easily could have done that instead of giving Graham Glasgow $11 million a year at guard. Here's the other thing that I want to touch on, kind of more under the radar thing, kind of have to be a Broncos fan to know. I think they, they paid Elijah Wilkinson Excuse me. way more than they should have 
Like he's he he better start if they're gonna if he is gonna play with what he what he was given. We're looking at starting Elijah Wilkinson somewhere, and that's never good news. <laughs> no. Yeah. So uh, B minus. I'm pretty firm on that. Okay. Simon, what do you think? I mean, I'll split the defense. I'll say B for Broncos. <laughs> I'll just be honest, man. I don't like the Melvin Gordon deal. I thought y'all had a really good thing with Philip Lindsay and uh, Royce Freeman, and I mean. I mean, this doesn't have anything to do with free agency, but, I mean, not as much, really. But I think Melvin Gordon being, being there might jade Philip Lindsay and definitely Royce Freeman a little bit and make them feel some type of way. Because in two years when this deal is up, the Broncos are definitely going to have to decide between all three of their running backs. And, I mean... If I were them, I'd probably go with the younger guy in Philip Lindsay than Melvin Gordon. Oh, we're gonna have to pay Philip Lindsay over ten million dollars a year. Yeah, and I don't know what's gonna happen with that. So that's I mean, he's a good player, you know, like you could throw him in there and he would do his job and you know, he'll do a really good job and Philip Lindsay might ironically take on more of an Austin Eckler type of role. Another Colorado guy. But uh, I don't know. It's it's an interesting Thing. I love the AJ Bouye and Jarrell Casey uh, trades. I like Graham Glasgow because he could play center guard. He can move around. So I think he's an upgrade over Connor McGovern, in my opinion, from what I've seen so far in his development. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like it. I like them. It's just Melvin Gordon kind of doesn't really sit well with me. And I, I mean, I'm biased, but I would have loved to see Justin Simmons uh, and the Broncos reach a long term deal. I mean, that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, LA has a good reputation for franchise tagging and then long-term signing players. Another thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way is we knew that we were going to let Chris Harris go, but seeing how much he signed for with the Chargers was definitely affordable. Yeah. And I feel like we could have had Bouye and Chris, Chris Harris, Harris and Bosby, and that would have been preferred. We also lost Darian Stewart. Oh, as well, uh, y'all did cut Joe Flacco, but I think y'all cut him a couple that of days too. That was an A-plus move. Yeah, it was, but, I mean, this is just but nitpicking. Too late, right? Uh, they, yeah, they cut him way too late, so y'all didn't save any money. <laughs> as uh, y'all cut him a day or two before y'all were, y'all, I mean. Well, we saved money, but we just, we could have used that money to get DJ Reader. Well, not as much money as we could have, so. Because y'all could have saved $10 million if you cut him before the league year but y'all cut him on friday instead so and the league year was on wednesday so that's just you know I, that kind of plays a role in why i'm giving them a b just because like yeah you could have saved a lot more money it could have been a little bit smarter too i mean yeah you know y'all will be fine this draft is going to mean a lot to y'all though all right moving on we're going back up north the detroit lions who Graham Glasgow came from, I'm pretty sure. So, we're going to go through them. I mean, I don't know. We'll just go through it. Jamie Collins signed with them. Uh, Three-year, $30 million deal. Reuniting with uh, Matt Patricia. Chase Daniels also agreed to sign with the Lions, so they get a good backup quarterback over there. Uh, Jerron Harmon, he was traded from the Patriots. Excuse me. To uh, the Lions. They did get J. Ron Curse. Uh, re-signed Miles Killebrew. They took Danny Shelton from the Patriots, signed him to a two-year, $8 million deal. That's not that bad, actually. But here's the deal that I don't like a lot. Uh, they got Desmond Trufant on a two-year, $21 million deal. They got uh, Halloui Vitae, 
sorry, wait, it's not Holloway. That's that's his uh, uh, shortened name. But they got Vitae from the Eagles, a solid right tackle to a five-year, fifty million dollar, five-year, fifty million dollar deal. And yeah, we'll see about that. And then Nick Williams, and then uh, agreed to a deal. How would we grade the Lions offseason? Oh, and they traded away Darius Slay. So how would we grade the Lions offseason as of now? Can you give a team an F plus? Yeah. Is that a grade? You, so I mean, you're the you teacher. If you want to. Okay, yeah. Well, then I'm gonna give the Lions an F plus. I mean, it's still an F, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, they still failed really bad. The plus is the Jamie Collins signing, but all these sure. other signings are bad. And losing Darius Slay, along with what Darius Slay has been saying about Matt Patricia, yeah. along with all the other former cow- uh, Cowboys Lions players, <laughs> is it's bad news. Yeah. So yeah, the Lions are bad. Should say D, just doesn't matter. <laughs> Deeper doesn't matter in Detroit. All right, well, I'll give him a D plus for Detroit. Uh, Jamie Collins, I think that was a solid deal, but we'll we'll have to see. I like the Danny Shelton signing. That was a really cheap deal. He's he's a solid player. Uh, and then I like uh, the Vitae signing too. They're getting a good right tackle for only ten million dollars, and he does his job, so he's pretty good. Uh, other than that, though, I mean they had some really good, you know. Uh, a bargain uh, bargains right here, but nothing significant that makes them better, in my opinion, I'd say. At, at the most, they filled the needs that they already were having this last season, or they were about to have, but I don't know, nothing special. All right. Not much. Packers uh, didn't really do anything. Yeah, not I mean, much to say about them. the Packers here. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's much to say about it. I don't even See, they. Rick see? Wagner is a good signing. Yeah, I'd say so. Stolen from none the of these are bad. They're just yeah. they don't make the team yeah they, any better or worse. Yeah, they replaced Blake Martinez with Christian Kirksey, which is a downgrade. A two year, six million dollar deal. I'd say it's not a huge downgrade, but it's a slight downgrade for sure. They're paying him. They could have paid Blake Martinez that, I guess, but that's fine. All right, the Houston Texans. We already talked about them losing uh, oh, DeAndre Hopkins for. Uh, <laughs> losing DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson. So they did get David Johnson. We already talked about that, so we won't go into it. They did get Darren Foes on a two... Or no, they just re-signed him. Never mind. So they re-signed Darren Foes. They got Vernon Hargraves, which is... Yeah, that's okay. Re-signed AJ McCarron. Got Bradley Roby on a three-year, $36 million deal, which uh, <laughs> I don't know about that deal. Then finally, they, re- they signed... Randall Cobb from the Cowboys to a three-year, $27 million deal with $18 million guaranteed. What do we think about this offseason slash what is the grade? C+. Plus. Oh, really? Wow! I think Bradley Roby and Vern Hucker are going to be a really good duo that not a lot of teams have cornerback-wise. Okay. All right. Okay. Cody, you go ahead. F+. Plus. Okay. Once again, <laughs> right. uh, the plus being the Bradley Roby signing, but... To not get a first-round pick out of DeAndre Hopkins yeah. is so absurd. absurd, so bad. And they were so active in all the wrong ways. <laughs> Randall Cobb, $27 million deal. He's like a, a gazillion years old. I don't he's, know. He's probably a receiver for I can't believe Randall Cobb is going. They're trying to replace DeAndre Hopkins with Randall Cobb. 
and, and David Johnson. And David, it's not, it's so bad. It's so bad. I hope this Texans team goes 0-16 and, and Bill O'Brien gets fired so that way Deshaun Watson can win a Super Bowl sometime in his career. The Steelers will trade for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> of course they will. I'll just throw that out Remember, there. remember, whenever we're talking with Simon, everyone in the NFL can just go to Pittsburgh. No, just, just the quarterbacks, to be honest. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I'll give them a D plus. I don't... I mean, I know Bradley Roby is, like, an all-right pick. I just, I know y'all trash-talked him a lot, which is why, like, I just think less of him, so there's that. Vernon Hargraves is a solid pickup. I don't like the Randall Cobb deal. It's way too long, in my opinion. He did have a solid year last year, but that's not the move. Trust me, it's not. Um, And then I'd wish they let A.J. McCarron go to the XFL. <laughs> but he's he's trapped in Houston, being Deshaun Watson's backup. So yeah, D plus for Deshaun Watson. All right, so we have the Indianapolis Colts. We talked about them a little bit. Um, not really too much here. I mean, what would we grade them? Dylan? A. I'm saying A. I'm gonna go B plus, just because I mean it always sucks to lose first round pick. Yeah. You know, but DeForest Buckner is definitely worth it. Anthony Kitsa. I give him a B plus just because. You know, if it works, it's good. But if it doesn't, it's going to look really bad. Costanzo? Costanzo and Rivers. Okay. All right. Uh, so Costanzo is a re-signing. So, I mean, he's, a, he's an all right. They guy. spent a lot of money this offseason. Yeah. That's the only reason I say B+. Plus, yeah. It's because <sighs> spending money's hard. I'll, I'll give them an A-. minus. You know, I like the Philip Rivers deal. I mean, you know, it's just a one-year deal, so they're not committed for a long time. I love the DeForest Buckner trade. You know, obviously they don't have a first-round pick, but I think, I mean, I don't, I can't think of other defensive tackles in this draft outside of maybe Derrick Brown, who might be worth, you know, as much of a as a DeForest Buckner, but whatever. So I'll give them an A. They did lose, uh, sorry, A minus. They did lose Eric Ebron though, so maybe they go for a tight end in the later rounds or whatnot, just to, you know, help Jack Doyle out. All right, uh, we. Talked about the Jaguars, but we forgot to mention that they signed Joe Schobert to a five-year, $53 million deal. That solves their middle linebacker problems, in my opinion. And in a little, in some ways, you know, uh, I guess their identity. Because Schobert, he's a good player. You know, he was just stuck on the Browns for a while. But he's a really good tackler. He's really good against the run. And he could hold his own in uh, coverage. So what would we give the Jaguars offseason? Oh, and they got Yannick Ngakwe in case... Franchise tag, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm just going to say C-plus, average, I think. Okay. I mean, a C is average. Yeah. And I'm going to the plus is signing Joe Schobert to fill that middle linebacker role. Oh. Well, do you one better and say B-minus for getting rid of Nick Foles and his contract? Oh. So the, C- the C-plus is Joe Schobert, and then the jump from plus to B-minus is getting rid of Nick Foles. Okay. I'm also going to say you could even bump it up to B++. Or sorry. Wait, what? You said C, C minus, right? Or B minus. Yeah. B minus, B minus plus, so a B. Um, <laughs> because they dropped Clyde's Campbell. I think, I think that was a, a... They needed to move on to Clyde's Campbell. That's true. A fifth round pick just stinks. But, I mean, at least they got something rather than cutting him. I still say B minus. Looking back at it, the Jaguars did a good job of not letting themselves get trapped in their contracts like Jalen Ramsey, uh, Bouye, Clyde's Campbell. Nick Foles. So I, for their good uh, maneuverability financially, 
I think I'll give them a B. You know, I was going to give them a C, but, you know, Joe Schobert's not a bad signing. And then you have a ton of cap room for next year, and you still have your – you have more draft picks, actually. Davion Clowney. Exactly, yeah. So, I'm uh, – yeah, I, I don't think they – I think they did a lot of really good maneuvering, I'd say, financially. Better than a lot of these teams, so. All right, so we have the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> they did nothing. Yeah, they uh, did lose Kendall Fuller, which is a really bad loss because they lost them to Washington. They also lost Bashad Breland as well. Bashad, oh my God. Okay, <laughs> so they don't have any corners. That's great. <laughs> uh, franchise tag Chris Jones, though. That was huge. Yep. That picked was their up, best move. Yeah, picked up the option on Damian Williams. 2.3 million? Wow. That's not a lot. That's a solid so, I mean, what would we give the Chiefs? I think they lost a lot here, though. C minus. I'm going to say D plus. Okay. I'm going to give C minus because they didn't let Chris Jones walk, and out of all the players that we just talked about, Chris Jones would have been the worst to lose, in my opinion. Yeah. I think he's more va- valuable than Fuller and Breland. I feel like they can at least replace one of those cornerbacks in the draft. Mm-hmm. And then Damian Williams on the cheap, but yeah, definitely C minus just because of losing two starting cornerbacks that were imperative to their Super Bowl victory. So Yeah, I'm going to have to give them a D for that. <laughs> I mean, they, they lost most of their secondary outside of Tyron Matthews, so I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't feel great about it. I mean, I mean, holding on to players as a Super Bowl contender is hard. Yeah, no, so. it is. Yeah, I mean, usually those players get some good deals elsewhere, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, we'll, we'll see. I think in the draft they can make up for it, though, so I'll give them a D for now. All right, so the Las Vegas Raiders. The Las Vegas. The Las Vegas. Raiders. They did a lot here, actually. They Ironically, they, they signed a lot of players away from the Cowboys, so we're just going to go down the line. Let's start with those Cowboys players, starting with Malik Collins. Um, got him on the cheap, a one-year, $6 million deal. They also got Jeff Heath to, on a two-year, $8 million deal. That's an underrated signing, by the way. And that sucks for the Cowboys because he was a really good safety for them. So that happened. And then they also kept chasing with it on a one-year, $4 million deal. But that's, that's fine. All right, so those are the Cowboys players they took. Uh, staying in the NFC East, they did sign Nelson Aguilar to a one-year deal. Nothing too crazy, though. They got Eli Apple, who was in the NFC East, on a one-year, $6 million deal. They got uh, Corey Littleton from the Rams. This is the first big deal, I would say. On a three-year, $36 million deal, they're getting a good linebacker for a relatively cheap right there. And then they did sign Marcus Mariota. Wait, how come it doesn't say? I mean, I guess they just re- they just signed Marcus Mariota. They signed him last week, but, like, it doesn't say how long the deal was. Thanks, NFL tra- uh, tracker. What would we grade the Raiders offseason as of now? It's pretty tough to put a pin on JC. Oh, okay. Two years, $17.6 million deal. For Mariota? Yep. Oh, that's not bad at all. That's pretty cheap for Mariota. Yeah, they did um, a pretty good job of uh, watching their money. i say probably a B minus. Okay. Because, I mean, they're just they're swinging a lot, and there's going to be some misses. But I feel like Corey Littleton is a great signing. And yeah. I think Corey Littleton was one of the better free agents in this class, honestly. Yeah. And the signing definitely flies under the radar. And as far as needs go, they addressed the need here. Um, I don't know. I'm actually going to say C+, because this Mariota signing is confusing for a quarterback room that's already kind of a mess. 
I don't. I just. I don't know what this means for the Raiders. So. I mean, they don't want Derek Carr. I think that's pretty obvious right now. <laughs> but, but they don't. But they. I mean, but John Gruden only praises Derek Carr, so it's kind of a bad look. Yeah, it's so. I mean, I don't know. I guess you'd have to follow them to know this. But like, I'm mean, not that I'm a fan of the Raiders, but they. Okay, so John Gruden praises Derek Carr, and he thinks he's a great person. But as a quarterback, John Gruden reportedly believes that Derek Carr should be way farther than where he is now. He loves him as a person, as a leader. But it's kind of like that Jake Fromm thing. Like, you know, he's, he's not as talented as you like him to be, but he's a great person. And so that's why, that's where the confusion is. But if we're talking strictly football, I don't think Derek Carr is going to be with this team much longer. And Marcus Mariota is going to ironically pull Ryan Tannehill and probably take over pretty soon here. Um, yeah. But yeah, also, I mean, also go just on. the last thing I've said of the Raiders. What are they doing signing Jason Witten? Like, I mean, it's fine. It's not gonna. I mean, it's just are. veteran leadership. Okay. You know? yeah, yeah, I don't. He wasn't too expensive. Yeah, they still have a bunch of money. Yeah, yeah. I'll give the Raiders a B. Uh, I like how they didn't commit too much to uh, some of these players. You know, they did get Corey Littleton. I love that. Marcus Mariota. That deal isn't as bad as it could be. But specifically, you know, Nelson Aguilar, Eli Apple, Malik Collins, Jeff Heath, uh, even Jason Wooden, <clears throat> I really like those deals. I think they're getting some guys that, you know, some of them, they, hey, they might stick for another year or so, but if not, then they could dump them after this year and you don't have to worry about it. I feel like a lot of these players are bridge players yeah. as the young players start to develop because they have a bunch of first-round picks who are entering their second or third year who are trying to take that leap. And they have a good yes. amount of first-round picks in this draft as well. Yeah, they do. They do. God dang the Bears, dude. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of, I'm kind of liking this Raiders uh, free agency class. Nothing too flashy, though. What'd you give it as a grade? A B. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. All right. So the LA Chargers, they got. And we're just gonna go down the line. So we already know that they lost Melvin Gordon. That's a given. They did re-sign our boy Austin Eckler to a four-year, $24 million deal. Very affordable and only $15 million guaranteed. So there you go. Yeah, I, I thought this was a huge signing. They got Brian Bulaga, the offensive tackle from the Packers, on a three-year, $30 million, $30 million deal. They got Chris Harris from the Broncos on a two-year, $17 million deal. They uh, franchise-tagged Hunter Henry, so they got him back. They got Linville Joseph on a two-year, $17 million deal. And they also and they got rid of Russell Okun, but they traded for Trey uh, Turner, an All-Pro, Pro Bowl offensive guard from the Carolina Panthers, and so they're taking on his deal. I really like this Chargers uh, offseason so far. If I'm being honest, I don't see a lot of bad contracts here. If I'm being real, what would y'all grade it? Give them an A minus. Okay. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I'll give them an A. I I I like it a lot. Uh, They've, I mean, I'm not going to say they fixed that defense, but Linville Joseph, that's a great signing. Chris Harris, that's another great signing. Um, on the offensive side, I think they fixed that offensive line finally. You know, added Balaga, added Trey Turner. You know, and then Austin Eckler, they just confirmed that he's their guy. Uh, the only minus comes from them using the franchise tag on Hunter Henry because yeah. he just hasn't shown me personally enough consistency to warrant a franchise tag yeah i mean i i'm giving him a pass last year because he was coming back from injury but if we're going off of his um you know his trajectory before his acl i i kind of like it and it's not like it's a 
huge guaranteed deal anyways. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. That right. does it for that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, go ahead. Los Angeles Rams. Go for it. Los Angeles Rams, they signed Leonard Floyd to a one-year $10 million fully guaranteed deal that could be worth up to $13.5 million with incentives. Dang. They signed Austin Blythe. Terms haven't been released. They also got Ashawn Robinson Ooh. for a two-year $17 million deal and re-signed Andrew Whitworth yee, to a three-year $30 million deal with twelve and a half guaranteed and thirty-seven and a half million as the max value, but we also talked about they cut Todd Gurley. Yep. But didn't they do that too late? Yeah, they ended up paying him like seven million dollars anyway. Yeah. Todd Gurley is <laughs> making bank right now, doing nothing. Yeah. And you know they don't have any draft picks, so you know, uh, Simon, so, mean, what do you, what do you what would you grade this Rams offseason? <clears throat> Probably a D. I mean, they didn't really do much. I don't like the Andrew Whitworth deal. Uh, the Leonard Floyd deal is a little bit too much for me. I mean, I don't know where else they would have used that money, but it is what it is. Ashawn Robinson, that's a good deal, though. So I'll give them a D plus. Whatever the Lions grade was, I didn't know he left them, but it went down another um, grade. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that happened. But, yeah, I'll give them a D plus. I'm going to say it's going to be pretty terrifying having... Aaron Donald and Ashawn Robinson right next oh, to each yeah. other. That's awesome. All the interior linemen are in trouble. Whoever plays yep. the Rams, but I give them, I give them a C because I think. Remind me, did they, which corner did they trade for? Which corner did they, do they have? Darius Slay or Jalen Ramsey? Not yeah. Slay. Sorry, Jalen Ramsey. So I mean, they have a pretty solid defense. Adding these two defensive players in Leonard Floyd and Ashawn Robinson. I mean, moving forward, that could be the recipe. I'm going to give them a C- minus because Ashawn Robinson's a great signing, but Andrew Whitworth, he's so old, and to sign him to a three-year deal, like, you know, with a guy like Whitworth, you give him, like, a one-year deal with maybe, like, an option on the second year, like sure. a two-year with a one-year option. But, I mean, none of this addresses their biggest needs, honestly. They're just trying to, like, the defense wasn't the problem last year, you know? Mm-hmm. It's the offense, and they didn't do anything to address the offense, so. Like, they, they yeah. could have easily shopped around some of their re- plethora of receivers that look good in a Sean McVay system. So I'm going to give them C- and split the difference between you two. Okay. All right. That works. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the Rams are going to do. They're kind of a mess right now. Yeah. <coughs> Speaking of a mess, not really. Not anymore. Like, a, cleaning up a mess. They have the Miami Dolphins, yes. who... As we talked about earlier, they signed Byron Jones to a five-year, $82 million contract. I love and it. He's one of the big, like, high-end contracts that I think deserves it. They also got Jordan Howard, who was running back for the Eagles, on a two-year, $10 million contract. They got Shaq Lawson on a three-year, $30 million deal, which I think is pretty good. Emmanuel Ogba as well on a two-year, $15 million contract. They also got Kyle Van Noy from the Patriots on a four-year, $51 million deal, yep. just because they have the money, I guess. As well as Eric Flowers, an offensive tackle on a three or thirty million dollar deal, along uh, with a handful of other ones. Real quick, I don't know why the NFL the NFL loves to hate on Eric Flowers. I'm pretty sure because he doesn't play offensive tackle anymore, and he hasn't played it since like yeah, he's a guard. Isn't late he? in the year, yeah, he's a guard, and he was a really good guard. But if you look it up on Pro Football Focus, they have him as an offensive tackle too, and so they rate him really low. But as a guard, he was really good. So a three-year, $30 million deal for him to play at guard, I'm assuming, 
that's really good. So let's not sleep on that either. So yeah. Well, what do you think of this offseason then, Simon? Along with everything that we've talked about and how many draft picks they had just yep. from trading away all of their assets and cleaning house. Yep. Didn't give up any draft picks. I love that they cleaned up their uh, defensive front and whatnot. You know, they have some experienced guys in there that could, you know, take the next step forward. I love the Byron Jones signing. Eric Flowers, that's a great step forward. Uh, Jordan Howard, that's a really cheap deal and a good step forward. I'm giving them an A-plus straight up because they still haven't even gotten to the draft yet. <clears throat> you said A-plus? Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this is a team that deserves it. I don't know about A-plus. Maybe an A or A-minus. <laughs> okay. I might give them a B. I mean, it's not like I'm going off of what they had to work with and – I mean, in my opinion, they got a running back who they could lean on, at least for this year. They got a starting guard. They got a starting corner. They got a starting. Ed- they got two starting edge rushers, and they got a starting linebacker. I think they overpaid for Kyle Van Noy, personally. I think yeah. Van Noy is a system player. Well, good thing it's uh, Brian Flores' system that he's stepping into, the former Patriots DC. Yeah, jeez. I mean, there's a lot of signings here. I just... I feel like an A means that signings translate to wins. Yeah. And I just I don't see this really making the Dolphins like that much better of a team. So that's why I give them Bs because really? like I think these are all good signings. I just they don't make a huge difference in the grand scheme of things other than Byron Jones being a great cornerback opposite of uh, saving Howard. <clears throat> I mean I I don't know I just I think that defense got shored up for sure. So that's what I'm looking at. You know I I like Eric Flowers and I like uh, Jordan Howard too. So, I mean, oh, I think it'll, this class right here, just now before the draft, could at least buy them. How many wins did they get? Was it five? I think so. I'd say it'd buy them at least one more. I'd say two, maybe. That's, I mean, that's even before the draft, because I think getting oh, yeah, two. The, draft, the draft's going to address, address the, uh, the offense for sure. Yeah, because I think getting two and all them could add an easy two more, but like. I, I'm, I'm going to say one, at least, which is still pretty good. You know, they're shoring up a lot of areas. They didn't overpay for too many people except for Van Noy. And, I mean, and that's the only one they really can't get out of. But they could get out of the Ogba contract. They could get out of the Lawson contract. I don't think they will need to, but they could get out of the Byron Jones contract if they need to. But I'll give it a B-plus then. Okay. You have me persuaded it's B-plus. But All right. A-plus, that's, that's a lot. Fair enough. All right, we got the Minnesota Vikings. I am not a big fan right away, but <coughs> we're going to go through them. Not a lot happened. What, they placed a franchise tag on Anthony Harris, the safety. So that happened. Uh, they signed Michael Pierce to a three-year, $28 million deal with $18 million guaranteed. And that's it. Oh, and they lost Mackenzie Alexander and Trey Waits. And Linville Joseph. And Linville Joseph. And, I mean, LaCroix and Treadwell. Treadwell doesn't matter, but still. And they still haven't re-signed Everson Griffin. Well, Everson Griffin's not going to sign with them. He's leaving. So that that leaves them with Anthony Barr, Lance Kendricks. Daniel Hunter. And Daniel Hunter. Wow. On the defensive side. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not a big fan. This This is... Jesse, you're the Vikings fan here. Tell us what you think as yeah. a fan of the you Vikings. You go first. Oh, well, it's definitely an F. Okay. <laughs> That's not surprising because you know how much I've hated on, on uh, what's his name? Zimmer. Yeah, Mike Zimmerman. 
Mike Zimmer. Or Mike Zimmer, yeah. You know how much I've hated on Mike Zimmer. He's not a good coach, and this just shows it. Boy, he's not the GM, too, is he? Their their organization is not ran very well, so. I mean, it's okay. an F, but it's not surprising to me. <laughs> All right, well, I'm giving them an F, too. Like, I would have said Michael Pierce is a good signing, but they kind of overpaid for him, and then they didn't really do anything else it's, after mm-hmm. that. It, between Michael Pierce and Linville Joseph, I think you're supposed to keep Linville Joseph. Yeah, also what it doesn't yeah. say is that they re-signed or renegotiated Kirk Cousins' contract to give him more money, and they traded away Stephon Diggs. So. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> Sorry, F- I forgot about that. Minus. Yeah, F minus, yeah. maybe. No. I mean, they got a first-round pick out of Stephon Diggs' trade, I mean, but... Yeah, but still. Yeah, no. Um, Not a fan of the financial moves they made. This is really bad. Yeah. I mean, the first thing that comes up is Sam the kicker. So, yeah. like, yeah, he wasn't even... I mean, he was fine, I guess. He's okay. He still missed some kicks that he should have... Jeez. Yeah, that's bad. He's still a kicker. It doesn't... All right. He's still a kicker. We all got let's, extra, right? let's stop talking yeah, about that. All right. That so, that's the New England Patriots, who might have had an equally bad offseason. Yeah. They lost Tom Brady. <laughs> they signed Brandon Hoyer. They signed Devin McCourty to a two-year, $23 million deal. That's good. Yeah, they signed Matthew Slater, their special teams guy, and that's it. And then they lost Danny Shelton, Kyle Van Noy, and like we said, Tom Brady already. So I'm going to say think? also an F, because if you bring in a guy like Brian Hoyer thinking to replace Tom Brady as your starting quarterback, you get an F. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give them an F. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know. They could have been a little bit more active. I expected them to be. Um, I mean, I don't know. Even just getting a court. I, Brian Hoare is not going to do anything. So why are you signing him at all? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to give honest. him an F because Jesse, you make a great point there. He's not going to replace Tom Brady, or he's not even going to come close. The only bright spot I think is keeping Devin McCourty. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, and even that's a little... No, Devin McCourty's a good player, Simon. No, I know, but, like, if I'm being honest, like, if you're going to tank, then just save the money for next offseason anyways and get a better player. I don't know. I just... I'm not... I'm not a big fan. <laughs> I'll give them an F. I mean, it's still... It's still an F, so... Sure, yeah. All right, the New Orleans Saints, we talked about them already. Um... What we didn't talk about is the two safeties. Also, um, by the way, the offensive tackle that we signed, Andres Pete, to a five-year, $57 million deal. Worth every penny. Yeah, I guess it's not that bad. He's, he's picked it up in the last couple of years. He's really good. But they've also re-signed, or sorry, not re-signed, or I guess re-signed in a way. Yeah. Malcolm Jenkins to a four-year, 16, wait, wait, hold up. Sorry, a four-year, $32 million deal with $16 million of that guaranteed. As well as getting DJ Swearinger on a one-year deal, which I think is pretty good. Wow, that DJ Swearinger deal is pretty good. Yeah, that's <laughs> I don't know what's up with that, but he's a good safety. So, yeah. So, what would we give, grade the Saints uh, off season? I'm gonna say B plus because they're already a Super Bowl contender and they just made themselves even more of a Super Bowl contender. No, okay. I might even say minus. Honestly, okay. this Pete signing is big is a big deal. Swearinger can kind of do all the things inside the box that Bell can anyway. Yeah. They got Malcolm Jenkins and Swearinger together for cheaper than Von Bill would have been by himself. So I think that's a really good move. Um, Emmanuel Sanders is like a deal that takes his offense to the next level. I mean, yeah, I give it an A-. minus. 
Okay, I'll give them a B plus too. I like all their signings as well. Not too many splash signings, but it's a it's a solid one, I'd say. I like it. I like it. Alright. Moving forward, we have the New York Giants. They had a lot of signings here. So they franchise tagged Leonard Williams. So, you know, whatever. They got Levine Torlolo on a two-year, $6.2 million deal. Uh, good backup over there. They got Colt McCoy. That doesn't say the deal. The but yeah, they got him. They got Blake Martinez, which I really like, to a three-year, $30 million deal. They got Deion Lewis to join the team. Um, signed to Cam Fleming, an offensive tackle, to a one-year, $4 million deal. And then they also got James Bradbury, the cornerback from the Panthers, to a three-year, $45 million deal. It's not as bad as it looks. What would we? What do we think about the Giants' offseason so far? I'm going to give them a C. Oh, okay. I feel like this is, you know, pretty like run-of-the-mill. Run I mean, you have your big signings in Blake Martinez. Yep. Then you kept Leonard Williams. Yeah. That was the most important thing, seeing as that they don't really have too much else going on. And James Bradbury is a huge signing. Yeah. So, actually, I'll give him a C+. Plus. I'll give him a C+. Plus as well. Good job, New York. I'll, I'll agree with that. Didn't do too much. Didn't overpay for anybody as far as I could see right now. But, yeah, I'll give him a C+. Plus. All right. The other New York team, the New York Jets. Oh, gosh. Um, it's not, not the worst. The worst, I mean, honestly. They got Brian Poole back on a one-year deal. They signed Connor McGovern to a three-year deal. That's a great deal. Connor McGovern's kind of an underrated center. And uh, they signed Pierre Desir from the Col- or, yeah from the Colts on a one-year deal. That's pretty much it, though. I give him a C. I'm gonna say D. Yeah, I'll give them a D plus. I don't. I know. think I think the reason I'm giving them a D plus is because as we talked about when we did our review last week, they needed so much and they did so little. Yeah. I'll give them a C minus actually. No. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just re-looking okay. through all this and like. You know, they tried to address the offensive line, but, like, George Fant isn't a starter, and he's getting starter money. Oh, yeah. He's on a three-year, $30 million um, dollar Desir, They got Desir on a bargain, Yeah, in my opinion. But, yeah, C- just because they definitely needed to do more. Yeah, not not the biggest fan. That's why I'm giving them a D plus. I just, I don't know. It's not that great. We'll move on, though. The Philadelphia Eagles, uh, they made some good trade or some sign signings here. So, uh, let's. So they signed Javon Hargrave away from the Steelers. I mean, I saw it coming. They signed him to a three-year, uh, thirty-nine million dollar deal with twenty-six million fully guaranteed. In my opinion, that's a steal, to be honest, because Hargrave. That's as, a stealer. Yeah, Hargrave, as underrated as he's been, um, he's really good. You know, he just doesn't. For some reason, he just didn't see the field a lot with the Steelers because. Doesn't I mean he's a nose tackle in a three four system, so I don't know. Do what you want with that. They did get Darius Slay though, traded for him, uh, for a third and a fifth, which isn't bad. And then they got him a three year fifty million dollar extension. So how do we grade the Eagles off season? That's pretty much it by the way. They also so, got Will Parks, I know. Oh yeah, sorry, Will fans Parks around here will know that, so on a one year deal. Yeah. I mean honestly that's not a bad deal for Will Parks, who won't be asked to be a starter. So no. yeah. What do we think? I'm floating between C plus and B minus. The Darius Slade trade addresses the biggest need that the Eagles had. Yeah. They have a cornerback one, and Darius Slade's legit too. And he's not old either. I don't know what really happened with – well, I know what happened with him in Detroit because Matt <coughs> Patricia's an idiot. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like 
they love to address the defensive side of the ball. I thought I say we'll give them a B minus because the the way that they could have done better is doing something on offense. Because they lost Jason Peters. Well, he's still a free agent, so mm-hmm. he could come back if he wanted to. I but don't think that they're going to re-sign Jason Peters. Yeah, probably not. But and they need a receiver. They need a receiver, and they didn't do anything about that. Yeah. But I feel like it's a B minus now. But by the end of the draft, it could be a B plus. Honestly. Okay. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, I was just C plus. Okay. I mean, I'll just say a B. I like the Darius Slade move a lot. I like the Javon Hargrave move a lot. I think. I mean, I guess they didn't really shore up their defense, but they upgraded a lot, I'd say. So I'll, I'll give them that. So I'll give them a solid B. All right, going to the other team in Pennsylvania, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So they franchise tag Bud Dupree, which is good because he was about to get a lot of money on the market. A little close, though. They signed Eric Ebron, the Colts' former tight end, to a two-year $12 million deal. Doesn't say how much of that is guaranteed, though. They got Derek Watt from the Chargers, a fullback, on a three-year, $9 million deal. The brothers are together. They are. Now they just need JJ, and all the brothers will be there. Which, knowing Bill O'Brien, that could be possible. (laughs) And then they also traded, this is rare, but they traded with the Ravens for Chris Wormley. They only sent over a fifth-round pick. And, uh, yeah, he's he's a starter. And then they did sign, this is the biggest one in my opinion, Stefan Wanuski. Wait, did I say that right? I think it's Wisniewski. Because there's an S before the end. Okay, yeah. That guy, to a two-year deal, doesn't say how much, though. But he was a starter on... Wait, hold up. He was a starter on the Eagles Super Bowl winning team and the Chiefs Super Bowl winning team of last year. So, what do we? how do y'all grade the Steelers offseason? I want to hear what the fan of the Steelers thinks first. Okay, I'm giving them a B plus. I, I'm mostly because they kept Bud Dupree. And that was a big one, because I knew we were going to have to decide between Bud Dupree or Javon Hargrave. And I think we did the right thing here, uh, franchise tagging him, you know, for a later date. Eric Ebron, I thought the deal was a lot worse than what it was, but it's really just a two-year, $12 million deal. And it doesn't say if all of it's guaranteed, so we could cut him whenever, to be honest. Derek Watt, we needed an upgrade at fullback, because uh, Roosevelt Nix is a little old. And we use our fullbacks a lot, so we could use him a lot more now. Chris Wormley, I mean, he's all right. He's a starting guy that we could throw in there. And then I really like the offensive lineman, um, Winooski, Wisniewski. God, I need to know his name. But he's a Super Bowl starter. I mean, he's a starter in general. Like, they said he'll compete, but I'm pretty sure he's going to start at guard because Ramon Foster retired. So that's a pretty good uh, plug, plug and play right there, at least for now. Who's it be? Okay. I also agree that it's B. Yep. You know, nothing too flashy, but this no. is kind of what we expect from Steelers. Yeah. I say the only thing is that they kind of they overpaid for Derek Watt. I mean, yeah, three million dollars a year for a fullback is interesting. He just, just got the Watt name, bro. Yeah. yeah. To, uh, for a guy that's not going to be useful to you in the passing game, that's kind well, of a lot for a fullback. But the Chris Wormley deal is a steal, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, I give him a B. So, they got better. Yeah. I mean, with Derek Watt, I'm thinking more, we'll use him, like, offensively. It's nothing crazy, but he's more of a, I should say, special teams guy because he's really good on special teams because we did lose a couple of special teamers in uh, Anthony Ciccolo and Tyler Malakiewicz, who all are pretty good. So, Derek Watt, he'll help us a lot on special teams. So, yeah. All right. 
the San Francisco 49ers. We already said they got rid of DeForest Buckner, but they re-signed Eric Armstead to a five-year, $85 million deal. Uh, re-signed Ben Garland, their center, to a one-year deal. And then Jimmy Ward re-signed with them to a three-year, $28 million deal. Sheesh. How, how would we grade the 49ers offseason? I'm going to say C because okay. they needed to keep Eric Armstead for sure. And I think Ben Garland was helpful to keep there. Sure. But Jimmy Ward needed to be gone. <laughs> I, I'm i stuck between a C and a C plus just because getting – well, okay, I'm going to go C – because I think they kept the wrong defensive lineman between Armstead yeah. and Buckner, yeah. in my opinion. I feel like Buckner... Well, I mean, Buckner was cheaper than Armstead's contract anyway. And I think Buckner is a better player than Armstead, at least in the 49ers case. The Garland deal is good. And keeping one of the defensive linemen was obviously a win. But Jimmy Ward... I don't like that's that such either. a bad contract for such a... <sighs> bad player. Like, that's a Pro Bowl-level contract for a guy who's never, ever, ever, ever going to be in the Pro Bowl. So, yeah. I'm actually going to give him a C-. minus. The only thing that's stopping them from going into a D is getting a first-round pick. Um, I'll give them a D+, because they lost Emmanuel Sanders. So, that one... True. Yeah, and then for all the same reasons you said, Cody, so... Yep. Yeah, we're all in consensus on the Niners kind of having a bad off season. Yeah, I mean it's not as bad as it could have been, you know, but yeah, you know, could be better. All right, the Seattle Seahawks—they made some pretty good moves, in my opinion. They uh, so they gave Jacob Hollister their tight end, a second round tender. He's kind of a sleeper tight end. He had a solid okay. season last year. Um, re-signed Jerron Reed to a two-year, twenty-three million dollar contract. Nothing too crazy. Signed Greg Olson, the GOAT XFL announcer, to a one-year $7 million deal. That might be a little bit too much, but, uh, you know, they are expected to sign Bruce Irvin back from the Falcons or Panthers real quick here. They signed B.J. Finney, uh, a versatile offensive lineman who used to play for the Steelers last year to a two-year $8 million deal. And they did sign, or they agreed to a deal with uh, Cedric uh, I don't know how to say his name, but he's good. The offensive tackle, yeah, he's a good one. So, how would we grade the Seahawks offseason? I'm going to give them a C. Okay. Because I feel like, you know, they addressed some of the holes that they needed to do. Um, Bruce Irvin has only been good with the Seahawks, so I think that he's going to have a pretty good year with the Seahawks again. And I feel like Cedric, I don't know how to pronounce the last name, but... The, the tackle signing was really good. However, Jadavion Clowney isn't on this team, and he was their best defensive player last year. And yes, I'm including Bobby Wagner in that conversation. I'm going to say C also. Okay. I'm say it's an average, it's an average uh, offseason class. Yeah, I'll agree with the C. I would have liked, I would give them a C plus if Jadavion Clowney was with them. I'd give them a B minus if they got Jadavion Clowney oh, back, really? honestly. Well, yeah. I mean, I like the B.J. Finney signing. They've been needing to fix that offensive line, and he's someone who could play tackle, guard, center, whatever. You know, he's a versatile guy uh, for the Steelers. And then locked up Jerron Reed like that, not too much, though. Um, Not a lot of bad contracts here either, so there's still some working around. All right, so we're going to move on. Um, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers is next, but we kind of already talked about them. What would we grade them? I'm going to say B+, because they... Okay. Pretty much went out and got what they needed. 
I'm gonna say A minus okay. because of them keeping JPP and franchise tagging Shaquille Barrett. I think those are both really big deals, honestly, as far as like keeping their front, like their defensive front intact. And then, honestly, I give them an A minus just for not re-signing Jameis Winston. Like, okay, I feel like in this quarterback thirsty league, it's really easy to fall into a pit like that. But then they got Tom Brady. And it's a huge win for the fans, too, honestly. Yeah, no, I agree. I'll give them a B-plus, though. I mean, nothing too crazy. Got JPP back, JPP back sorry, and then Shaq Baird as well. Um, Tom Brady, obviously, he's a great signing. So give them a B-plus. Not losing Shaq Baird is huge. Yep. Uh, we already talked about the Tennessee Titans. I mean, they got Vic Beasley on that one-year $9 million deal. What would we grade this offseason before that? I'm say B, because okay. they didn't make a bunch of moves, but they re- again, like we talked about earlier, they re-signed who they needed to re-sign. Okay. What do you think, Simon? I'll give them a C plus. I mean, nothing too crazy. A little bit above average, you know. Got Vic Beasley to uh, fill a hole. Got lost Jero Casey though, but yeah, I'll give them a C plus. They also did lose Jack Conklin. Yeah. Oh, that too. Never mind. I'll give them a C, actually. That's kind of a big loss, to be honest. Yeah, I'm going to go B-. minus. Just, I mean, they had a ton of contracts that were on, like, the final year. So I feel like they did a really good job of keeping Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. And then I feel like Vic Beasley is a pretty good signing. And then Jarrell Casey, I mean, it looks like a bad loss from, like, a depth chart perspective. But it's a good gain in the salary cap department. Maybe it came a little too late, though, because they probably could have kept Jack Conklin. So B minus. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. So we'll move on to the last team, the Washington Redskins. So wow. uh, despite us <laughs> saying this all offseason, Brandon Scherf has been franchise tagged. <laughs> so he will stay with uh, Washington for now. They also got Kendall Fuller on that four-year, $40 million deal. Not as bad as it could have been. They signed Thomas Davis to a pretty cheap one-year, $3.5 million deal. They traded for Shaw, or sorry, Kyle Allen. They only gave up a fifth-round pick. And then they signed Sean Davis, safety from the Steelers, to a one-year, $5 million deal. What do we think about Washington's uh, offseason as of now? C-. C-. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> C minus. They stopped Trent Williams. Yeah. For no reason. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I mean, training for Kyle Allen doesn't make a whole bunch of sense to me. No, I mean, you're just replacing Colt McCoy, to be honest. I personally think I would actually give him a C if Alex Smith retired. I know it's not on them, but (laughs) he's just just sitting there taking up cap space and a roster spot. Like, he's not going to play. He will not play. I mean, if I was Alex Smith, though. I'd be collecting those checks knowing my leg is never going to work the same again. Yeah, probably same. I'll, I'll give them a C. I like the Kendall Fuller signing. I didn't like it when they traded him away. But they got him back, and it's not a terrible deal. Only $10 million a year, and not all of it's guaranteed either. Uh, I love that they brought back Scherf. Hopefully he plays for them, though. Cal Allen, you know, you add some depth behind Dwayne Haskins. And Sean Davis, is, Sean Davis and Thomas Davis... Both aren't the worst signings. They're both solid veteran backups. You could enforce that defensive culture for Ron Rivera and them boys over there. So, yeah. All right. So, that is NFL Free Agency. 
This is a one. really long episode. It is. It was a big one. But I mean, not. I mean, you know, COVID nineteen's going around. What else? Do you, what else do you have to do but sit here and listen to us talk about sports? Like, yeah, just sit there and listen. Yeah, we had to. So that is all over for now. My name is Simon Villanos. Cody Stoffer. I'm Jesse Booten. And this is probably the last time in a really long time that we'll all be on the same podcast together in the same room recording. Get excited to hear Simon over the phone. <laughs> Ooh, or something like that. We'll figure something out. All right. Catch us next week. Please.